0: The role of Princess Buttercup will be played by Danny DeVito. Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about.
1: 1987. Morning Vietnam! Down! Oh, Snap out of it! Nobody puts baby in the water. You're baby. If it bleeds, we can kill it.
2: I brought you a special present.
1: What is
2: it? It was the book my father used to read to me when I was sick, and I used to read it to your father. Today, I'm going to read it to you. It was a time when life didn't seem so complicated.
3: Marriage is what wins us
4: together today.
2: A courtly age of gentle conversation.
0: I will always come for you.
3: But how can you be sure?
0: This is true love.
3: Oh, no. Is this a kissing book?
0: Actually, there was a lot of treachery.
3: Never
4: go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line!
1: And revenge. Prepare to die. There were affairs of state. But I've got my country's
3: 500th anniversary to plan, my wedding to arrange, my wife to murder, and Gilda to frame for it. I'm swamped. And affairs of the heart. My Wesley will always come for me. Your Wesley is dead. I've seen worse. Bye-bye, boys!
4: Have fun storming the castle! It's a story of love, a tale of adventure.
0: Of kissing again. Someday you may not mind so much.
4: The
1: Princess Bride. Not just your basic, average, everyday, ordinary, run-of-the-mill, ho-hum fairy tale.
4: Welcome to another episode of Quantum Recast. I'm your host, Corey, and with me as always, the co-hosts, Tanner and Nick. Hey. Hi. That's me. Hi. (laughs) Hi. I love it. And then, sitting in the producer's seat, Jesse. Jesse's with us, so we know it'll be a good episode, everyone. Hey. Woo! He likes to keep us accountable here. So, if you've clicked on this episode, you know that we are doing the classic princess bride but we're mm-hmm. moving it all the way up to 2007 just mm-hmm. the awfulness that was the 2000s and uh how are you guys doing by the way oh, good day good
0: day bad day mm-hmm. a decent good. day good. Bad. Right. Yeah. We'll i was see. having a great day until Why? i
4: realized that um i thought tanner was directing this episode until about 15 <laughs> seconds ago
2: oh man that's rough for you
4: yeah I thought I crafted a masterpiece, <laughs> and turns out Nick is directing, and I now feel like I will absolutely <laughs> do
0: terrible. You were so confident. Early I today. crafted
4: this to Tanner, and I don't know.
0: Man, I'm gonna love your cast. It's though. gonna, gonna suck. Yeah, good for me. T-
4: hey, Tanner, just encourage me along the way because <laughs> right. I made this for you, not Nick.
0: This is all just part of Corey's strategy to reverse psychology. This,
2: yeah. This is going to be a shutout for me, and Corey's whole cast is going to be great for me. So yeah, I'm excited about this episode. <laughs> it's going to be a great
4: episode for Tanner. Um, but before we dive into the Princess Bride in 2007, uh, just a little little house cleaning here, a little shameless plugging. Uh, first of all, social media—we're there, um, and you can engage with us. Um, it's a it's a fun place to reach out to us. Uh, tell us our cast was awful, or what you loved about it. Uh, usually, we'll ask you your top five of something, and we like to read them. And we even repost them and we never make fun of them behind your back because um, usually once. we're just arguing with each other about our own lists. Um, mm-hmm. There was some conspiracy last list favorite pirates. I put Han Solo. Nick completely ignored it. And, you know, listen, whatever. I had to complain Instagram's to get fault. my picks it did out there. Not
0: notify me that you had posted the
4: summer of the conspiracy against Corey continues, everyone. Next of all, uh, by all means, uh, you're listening to us on some sort of um, podcast streaming service, be it Apple or Spotify or, you know, Google Play, whatever, Um, whatever service you're using, please like us, review us, put the little heart, give us stars, whatever, whatever they give you to, um, you know, shower us in adulation. Do that because it helps us find listeners. It moves us up little charts that we think exist. I don't know. Either way, it helps us find more people that can join in at all the recasting fun. And then finally, if that's not enough and you want to, like, monetarily invest with no return in this podcast, uh, we promise you no money. I'm back. But just more entertainment. Uh, you can go to either Patreon.com or BuyMeACoffee.com slash recast, And those are ways to, um, you know, financially support the podcast. So uh, please check us out there. So, guys, before we uh, dissect Princess Bride, it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Knit or Pick, where we talk about what we watched this week and whether we knit or pick it. Tanner is looks busy, so uh, Nick, I'm going to start with you.
0: Woo! All right, well, uh, other than my current run through Shutter and the uh, horror uh, movies yes. on there, nice. I did go watch Nope last weekend. And to avoid Ooh. giving out any spoilers for it, I will just say there are parts of it that are just very unnerving and uncomfortable, and he does a good job of building suspense. But it's also a movie that just feels like the weirdest thing possible. Like, it's just a strange movie. Okay. It was interesting. I was entertained by it at points and also was, like, scared and made uncomfortable, like, on purpose. But I still am processing it. So, if anybody's a horror thriller fan, go check it out. Boring, that's all you. Yep, I will be seeing it. Your review,
4: actually, maybe sold me on it a little more. Okay, Tanner, you got anything for us? I
2: okay, we're having another installment of Tanner supports Apple TV Plus. Oh, oh, okay. oh Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Ugh. I don't think I've talked about this one before, but it's such a good series. It's called Slow Horses. Has anyone heard about this one?
4: <laughs> no. Are you getting Guys. paid? Did you get sponsorship? <laughs> like and you're not. It's sharing? under the table. He's not. For sharing real. If I
2: could get paid and sponsored by Apple in any facet. I don't they're, care if it's they're, monetary. They're like... I don't care if it's a n- new laptop, Mac Mini, Mac Studio. Really, whatever you want to give me, Apple, I will take it happily. They're just well,
0: excited they have one viewer on. They Apple, really should because you're keeping them afloat. So tell us
2: about <laughs> yeah.
4: Slow Horses. Whatever that Guys, is. Guys,
2: you are going to want to see this. It is a spy know. fiction thriller, okay. led by a a burnt out detective who is played by Gary Oldman. Go on. He is the head of the Slough House, which is like where all of the reject MI5 agents go. Okay. And so he's like this burnout, long hair, like who gives a shit about this job boss to all of these like terrible, terrible agents. And it's Mm -hmm. about them trying to get back into MI5 and like do a, a good spy job. With a couple good things that pop up. It's So VMI5 awesome.
4: just giving them a bunch of like crap assignments. Trying to like give them. Let them earn back in or something.
2: No so essentially they. All of the like assignments that. That no one wants to take the time for. They give to these people. Because they're okay. basically flunk outs. Right? right so it's not like. They are trying to give them a chance to get back in. They're just like oh those are our shit people. Our shit people get like our stupid shit. That like we don't even have time for.
0: What are we talking? What are here? we? Twenty-two a bunch minutes of an episode
2: person.
4: or forty-four minutes an episode? Forty-four minutes an episode. Ugh. I, I might That's... watch the first episode for gold because because of Oldman. Oh, Gary like Oldman's so good in it. I
2: feel like he's got kind of Olivia that from Cook me. In it.
4: So, oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All
0: right. Well, wait. And wait that Jonathan might be a lie.
4: Price. Wait. I don't see Olivia Cook on this. Nick, you're lying. That, you're that might be
0: a lie. Okay. You're lying. No, Why does Olivia no, Cooks in it? Is she in it? Okay. Yeah.
4: All right. Fair enough. Okay. Cool. All right. I might check it out then. Jesse, have you watched anything?
3: Yeah, so I've been watching a Netflix show called All of Us Are Dead. I believe it's a Korean show, um, Korean like action horror zombie show mm-hmm. uh, about a bunch of high school students that their science teacher created a zombie virus to help his son for some weird reason. And now this zombie outbreak is in this school and how the government oh, deals yeah. with that um it's very cool uh the the students are all really really good and the character development of them is very good um overall a pick good show nice okay.
2: yeah i seen yes. the trailer and clips from it and it looks really good
3: yeah
4: okay um i watched the documentary this is war. oh nice oh yeah it's incredible like that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> like, if if you don't know who Gore is, Gore is the band that just looks like monsters on stage, and they're very famous for essentially just shooting fake bodily fluids all into the audience. I mean, like they not like slip, sell not. ponchos at their yeah. like shows, like in case you don't want to like ruin your best shirt, you know. Got it. And they're really fun, but it's like the documentary is cool because I didn't really know much about Gore going in, but it's like it turns out it's this weird hybrid of like all these creatives that went to like the same art school. Mm-hmm. So it's like this mm. punk rock band met this guy who was trying to make this low budget monster movie meets these artists in like comic book people. And like, they all just kind of created war together that it's nice. like the narrative's fun. Cause essentially the lead singer just took over naturally. It's Interesting. One of those old tales, you know, but I it's on shutter, which is weird. I mean, I guess it's the monster. Makes band. sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's actually a very, very like well-made documentary. I highly recommend this is war. All right. So we all had positive things. That's that's nice. All right. Didn't trash a thing. I love it. Okay. That means we're all moving forward in a good mood. Except for me. That <laughs> means we're all becoming better people. <laughs>
2: we're
4: seeing the silver linings in life, people. Well, that means we need to talk about the Princess Bride. Released in 1987, directed by Rob Reiner, written by William Goldman. The screenplay and the book, he wrote the screenplay for his own book, Power Mm -hmm. Move, Goldman, um, which is essentially, this is just a a fairy tale, but a frame Mm -hmm. within a grandfather reading it to his very 80s Fred Savage grandson. Yeah. And it's like, the whole point is, the kid's obsessed with 80s video games, and then he learns the beauty of reading, I feel like. That's kind of the point. Also, just
0: developing, you know, the love between him and his grandfather. But, you know, it's it's more yeah, the 80s. It? Yeah, I think. books. Are you sure. suggesting
4: Fred Savage didn't love his grandfather before? Uh, I, mean, I don't know. That seems to be. I don't, I don't know. He sounds like a guy that wouldn't. <laughs> well, that means uh, it's time for Useless critic Stats. Which I'm actually bringing this week. So... The Princess Bride. Hold on, let me close this tab for slow horses. I'm over it already. Uh, God, uh, <laughs> IMDb gives the Princess Rye, Bride an 8.0 out of 10. Really good, really good. Oh, okay, A 77 okay, okay. out of 100 medical score. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes. Uh ninety-seven critic score and an okay. actually lower ninety-four percent audience score. So wow. interesting. This is a heavy hitter, guys.
0: That's Yeah it is. Ninety seven
4: percent with critics is Ding! Alright. Either of you wanna like read Roger Ebert's mind, crawl in there, like past all the fried chicken and mashed potatoes and, and, and see what can you predict what how many stars he gave this? Hold on, did KFC open this year?
2: Why are we eating like <laughs> fried chicken and mashed potatoes? I'm, Is his
0: review that I'm, its finger I'm, looking good?
4: I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking
2: shots at taking man. That dead was solid weight, Tanner. That was real good. Uh, three and a half. I think he loved it. I guarantee he loved it.
4: Four stars. Wow. Tanner, you nailed it. Three yeah, and a half.
2: I was too and optimistic. You know
4: what? I'm going to say this. First of all, I want a critic to come out, a movie critic, that literally has a hundred star system. Oh that God. would make this part of the episode way more fun if you just had to guess out of a hundred stars, <laughs> what did this critic give it? <laughs> you know, four is mean, a little too easy. They I feel like they have that. It's called percent. But Yeah, but who does that? I mean that's usually a compilation of a lot of people. I just want one critic to have a one hundred when you read his review in the paper, it's like half the columns just stars. <laughs>
0: You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's all he has and, to put up there.
4: Yeah. And then he's like, One. it was all right. But here's the thing about this review. He doesn't tell me what cost it that half star. That's the issue I'm taking. It's actually a really rep- positive review from top to bottom. And I want to know why he couldn't go that extra mile. That's all I'm saying. Mm. But mainly he just he likes it. He he obviously it's mostly praise for Rob Reiner. And he pretty much says, like, this movie is this weird It's like it won't go full parody, but like it calls it a sly parody of sword and sorcery movies. Um, And -hmm. obviously he harkens back to Rob Reiner making this a spinal tap and how he made it very much feel like an actual rock documentary. that just went enough in the paint to make you laugh a lot and, and be absurdist, I guess. So that's that's mainly all it is. It's just a lot of love and. Just I read it three times trying to figure out what cost it that half star. And that really pisses me off. (laughs) Something about it when he was not enough.
0: Not enough Miracle Max. That was the problem. It it could have been. He he does
4: spend like a whole paragraph talking about how great Miracle Max uh, Billy Crystal and Carol Kane are. So maybe that's what it was. Maybe it's just that, that weird. He needed more. Yep. Ebert loved it. Didn't really have any insecurities hidden in the review either. So um, I looked for them. He mostly just. Right up his
0: alley, then. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah, He likes it. All right. Easy enough. Which means that brings us to why the director, who is not Tanner, Nick, (laughs) why Nick chose this film.
0: Why I chose The Princess Bride. Well, I think the positive reviews speak for itself. It's a beloved classic movie. Uh, I think that it is kind of this weird little film in it because it's not a straight up fantasy movie it makes fun of itself and it's aware self-aware to an extent yeah. and when it came out originally it didn't do well in the box office became more of a cult classic on VHS and stuff and i think it's just one that kind of stands the test of time even though that it's it's set in the 80s with the framework of the grandson and grandfather i still think that it just can work in generally almost any era that we might move it to but I moved it to 2007 just because it was the the easy answer was it was 20 years later. But I also think that this is a good time because it's right after we get a slew of fantasy films and franchises and Lord of the Rings. Uh, the Pirates really? movies are coming to a close this year. And then we're nearing the back half, I think, of the Harry Potter franchise. So it's a good time for something that doesn't take itself as seriously as as some of these franchises do. Yeah. Okay, I think it
2: also we'll talk about this later, I think. But also there's a spot in there for a fantasy that's a comedy. Yeah. When like a lot of those aren't.
0: Mm -hmm. And we're in a and we're in a a part of it. We're in an era of big comedy movies, too, because we're it's Right. right after Anchorman and Dodgeball and all of those type of films. So people are going to the movies for comedies and stuff at this point in time. Right. They're not just on Netflix anymore.
4: That's fair. So you just like the movie. This has nothing to do with I do. the controversy yeah. of the pop, like the supposed remake that came out like three or four years ago that almost burned the internet to the ground.
0: I mean, really? Yeah, they had talked about it, and it's just died since then. Like the fans sure. on the internet just rioted and went, "You can't touch this!" And even Carrie Ells came out and said that would be a terrible thing to do because it's such a lovely film. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Yeah, uh, we can't do this now." scrap that Wesley said no (laughs) they're gonna back him it's actually the only time
4: I've ever gone viral really was I when they announced it everyone freaked out and I was on Twitter at the time and I think I just posted something along the lines of now everyone remember the thing John Carper's the thing was a remake you know like I was trying to put it out there like hey sometimes remakes aren't a bad thing like sometimes they're really good and like Shudder and Bloody Disgusting like retweeted that and I got like 120,000 dude I had to turn my phone off like three days is awful going viral is not fun i didn't get paid like i don't know how people get paid to do this
0: i hope we can be viral one day
4: yeah make us viral (laughs) so that brings us to we have questions about the princess bride and the first one is always jesse have you seen the princess bride and there is a wrong answer
2: jesse's taking off his Headphones. He's setting them on the desk. He's walking away, writing his uh, will uh, to his he's family. Like, and he's friends. Like getting a synopsis ready for the princess Final. bride.
4: Yeah, I've seen it. I like this character.
2: <laughs> oh, it looks like his mouse is dead, so he can't unmute himself. There we go. <laughs> I,
3: I'm here. <laughs> Literally, what happened? My mouse fucking turned off, and it wouldn't turn on. Uh, okay, I have seen it. Okay. Nice, good. I had not seen it until last year. Oh. That's fair. But I mean it's yeah, I that's weird, it. but it's I'm I'm just
4: glad the answer was a no. That would have been hey man, really upsetting. I hadn't seen it until four days ago.
3: Oh, really? It, and that's all yeah. that matters. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Catherine basically forced me to watch it, sit me down like at gunpoint, and was like, You're gonna watch this.
4: Oh, <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, Tanner said no, that when you state, announced it the last sense. episode, because I was curious yeah. as to what tanner's like opinion of princess bride was watching it as an adult true yeah jesse had the
2: same experience so i'd be interested in what he thought
3: i kind of, i liked it a lot i really okay. did right. uh, i thought it was a very very fun movie um obviously i don't have the perception of having some sort of nostalgia for it mm-hmm. um but carry you is Ooze? I can't say his name. Elvis Uze? is actually how you say it. Elvis. What an idiot name. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie <laughs> Elvis. Uh and I guess the Andre the Giant. Is that who that is? Yeah. 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 Them on screen was super fun. They were great really mm-hmm. together. Um yeah. overall the movie was super fun. I thought it would be really oversold because of how culturally like hyped it is. Mm-hmm. And I really think it actually stood up to it.
4: Well, I think that means a lot if you watch it as an adult and you don't have to have that nostalgia feeling it. I think that speaks yeah. to the movie, obviously. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, I went in kind of anticipating, like, there's going to be a lot of, like, old, out of date moments or jokes, or like, it's just not going to hit the same way. But I mean, I just didn't move the entire time I was watching. Nice. Like, the second I got, like, the first laugh in the first, you know, couple of minutes, I was just hooked and it just really held up and I was super surprised at how how well it held up and how just good the story still is. Yeah. Yeah.
4: It's it's a movie that you can show to someone in adulthood and you don't have to like preface it with anything. Like if I was going to be like, "Hey, Nick, you should watch Friday the 13th Part 6." But let me like tell you why you should like it. You don't have to tell someone why they should like it. You're like, yeah. yeah, put your 80s goggles on and all this stuff. It's like, no, you just you'll this is a good movie. You'll like it. All right. That's cool. Yeah. OK, I was curious. I was curious. Um, I didn't know if it was going to be like this is this was dumb. All right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a good movie that we're possibly going to ruin by taking it. 2007.
0: Love it. Oh, yeah.
4: All right. That means question number one. Let's see here. Where do I want to start? Is Anigo Montoya's father guiding him in the story or does he just have dumb luck? I think I think it's supposed to be ambiguous. Maybe.
2: I mean, that dude's just got hella luck. He just gets stabbed like four different times. His
4: <laughs> his
2: outfit is more blood than fabric at one point, <laughs> And he walks it off like he just I don't know.
0: Like it's nothing at the end. Yeah.
2: Like he just like fucking stumbled in the road and like brushed off the pebbles on his yeah. pants like we that's call, what it seems
0: like we call that the john McClane. yeah 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 exactly i think yeah it's i think it's left to be ambiguous i i remember watching it was either a tiktok video or a youtube video where they kind of they kind of analyze this a little bit and you know there's a scene in the forest where he's trying to find the entrance to the torture chamber <laughs> yeah and he's yeah. just like father please guide me and And that's very feels very accidental. But he does get to the right tree trunk and it opens it. Mm -hmm. But the scene that they highlight the most is the sword fight with the six fingered man in which, you know, he's been stabbed. He's he's fumbling around and looks pretty much defenseless. And his defense uh, move when the six fingered man comes for him is so like on point and perfectly placed that they make the arguments like, that's where his father stepped in to help him because it was just this out of body experience kind of thing that he was able to w- help him wake up that's interesting i think it's kind of like the han
4: solo force ghost thing or for, does he have the force or not have the force you could just make the argument yeah. mm-hmm. all day that he does but they'll never say it yeah yeah all right. yeah all right is this just an american monty python movie because the humor is very british like Absolutely. super british Yes. Like right? Anybody else pick up on that? Like yeah. the whole oh, time yeah. you're like, that could just be John Cleese, and that could be Michael Palin. This could be America. They could have just we played could, all these parts. We we
0: mm-hmm. could have moved this back ten years, and you guys would have just casted it with all uh, My Monty Python.
4: One hundred percent, I would have absolutely gone the opposite direction. Yeah, it is definitely like a very
2: British, like Monty Python style storytelling and humor. Yeah. And I think I think this was a time where America was going. Well, let's just start ripping off everything good from Britain. Let's take TV shows <laughs> like uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Let's yep. take that. Let's, let's throw start. it up and we're going to take it now Thank and not tell much. anyone that it's an actual British show. And that a lot of our shit
4: is <laughs> just from the UK and we take it and put our name on it. Oh, we're still doing that. Like like what the Train to Busan American remakes coming out this year. And they're never going to say like, oh, Ooh. Korean version. They're gonna be like, no, nope, we made this. It's,
0: yeah, ours. it's trained to New York, Corey. OK, <laughs>
4: um, what are the odds that this kid lives next door to Kevin McAllister? It's Christmas and it's Chicago.
3: Is it Chicago?
0: It's Chicago. Yeah, he's, yeah.
4: he's got a bear shirt on. There's Cubs. There's like the fridge poster. It's, it's Chicago. That or the kid okay. just has a weird affinity for Chicago sports.
0: William Goldman, the writer, had said that it was, in fact, in Chicago. I mean, I'm just saying there's a good chance What is the crew of the Dread Pirate Roberts doing
4: this whole time? That's actually a fantastic question because he apparently hasn't quit. He's just run off. (laughs) Yeah. By the time they're like getting back to, you know, the ship
2: and like escaping at the end, he's like to an ego. He's like, you would make a fantastic Dread Pirate Roberts. And I was like, you, how long have you been in that fucking torture hole? Because your crew has either mutinied or just left. You don't have
4: a crew anymore. Dog. (laughs) like, No one is going to. You don't know
0: how loyal they are to
1: anyone.
4: (laughs) If this had been a Monty Python movie, they would have just every once in a while come back to the crew just doing stuff on the ship, like checking watches like what's going on. Right. (laughs) Another observation. The old hag that booze Buttercup has incredible vocabulary. Just maybe for the first time (laughs) ever, I was like, man, she is rocking like these descriptions. And I hope that she's writing for the Kingdom's newspaper. I just hope she is. (laughs) And then, um, lastly, last question here, so getting past the trope that eye masks somehow completely hide identities, mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. just accept that in movies that's just a corporate rule, yeah, yeah, that you <laughs> you can just hide an identity by just very subtly putting something on your face,
2: just covering up the cheekbones, that's the deal, yeah.
4: Uh, when the Dread Pirate Roberts asks about Wesley to Buttercup she chooses the only thing she says is his eyes she just pretty much says they're majestic and they're like the ocean and blah 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 <laughs> you can see his eyes like he's oh, not yeah. like if that's the one defining feature of Wesley they're looking at you square in the face hon like come on yeah
2: <laughs> yeah it's pretty rough you're just like oh he's gonna be upset that you say that
4: and then take days to realize
2: it's Do you him. think
0: he's second guessing his his plan to rescue her at this point? <laughs>
4: it's like, oh, we haven't noticed my eyes I since would. we've been hanging out.
0: <laughs> that's so. really kind of you to say that they look like the ocean after a storm. That's wow. That's Tanner
4: so brings up a better point. She should have been like his cheekbones. Mm. They're just like mm. chiseled out of stone. And that would have been better. Like, oh, those are those are hidden. Like that. Yeah. You know, he could have just Can't at, at that point lifted the mask a little bit and she could have been, <gasps> Wesley you know but instead whatever all right that's really all the questions we have we're not gonna we're not gonna take too many shots in this classic film because it's just really good all right guys so last thing how does taking the princess bride out of the 80s and dropping it into the wasteland that is the 2000s just the most confusing decade ever had a huge identity crisis how does it Mm. change the princess bride
2: it's interesting because it is a like I think for me, it's going to become like more of a sophomoric humor, like more of a, I don't know, because we have all of these, you know, like Junos. We have all of these super bads, all of these like sophomoric comedies coming around Mm -hmm. and these like indie comedies that I think it's going to take on a little bit of that just because the humor is shifting to that. But you're still going to get that like men in tights feel, I think.
0: Yeah, I think there'll be some. This. Go ahead. I was just gonna agree, kind of just agree with Tanner. Be like, I do think that some of that sophomore humor will seep in, but I would hope that it would keep most of its true humor in- intact mm-hmm. there. Generally,
4: do you think that it would just be called fantasy movie and be a spoof movie?
0: Oh God, I <laughs> hope not. Because uh, we're mean,
4: in the we're in yeah. the dead middle oh. of superhero movie, epic movie, you know, scary movie. Probably and all would that. be. You're I would
0: right. I, I'll put it this way I think maybe maybe it starts as the idea of that that' they but they actually have a good script and they go why don't we just make this different separate from that like it's it's that outlier that's like kind of part of that but they're like well actually it's it's the best one because it's not treated this way so.
2: yeah okay. it would definitely be like this is a few years later mm-hmm. but this would be like two thousand sevens your highness mm-hmm. yeah is what this would be mm-hmm
4: Yeah, but kind of just adding on to the whole like sophomoric humor thing, I do think 2007's kind of weirdly like this year where they start to leave behind the American pie Mm
1: -hmm.
4: comedy and they in teen comedies kind of age start to age well or mature. I mean, you still have crap coming out left and right, but you do have Juno. And you do have Super Bad, even though Super Bad's crude, it's very smart. Charlie Bartlett. I mean, I, th- I think. Oh, that I love it, Charlie you, Bartlett. Yeah. Those comedies are at least somewhat maturing.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
4: you're starting to see at least that next, uh, I guess, progression of comedy. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: I also think that Fred Savage would be whoever Fred Savage is going to be in 2007. I think he would be like beating a hooker to death on Vice City <laughs> instead of playing baseball when his grandpa walks in. I love the
2: idea that it's still Fred Savage when he is like in his mid twenties, like getting a story told from his grandpa. Like, all right, sit down, Sonny. I'm going to read you a real story. I was going to say, you guys
0: are you are you guys aware of the Deadpool two version, the Christmas version of it? Kind of. Are you aware of that? I think. Okay, so. They've basically framed. They framed the movie just to to re-release it in theaters and stuff at Christmas time. Where Deadpool captures Fred Savage, takes him to that room, and forces to tell him the Deadpool two story in the same manner as Princess Bride. That's great.
4: That's incredible. Oh, Tanner, I hate you. I wish you're why because you love that idea. Yeah, I love that idea, and I wish you were <laughs> directing this movie and not Nick. So you're um, like, we're already on correct wavelengths and i'm sure nick just wants a very traditional honors this movie type of cast and that's not how i went okay that means it's time for junk drawer trivia nick what you got for us
0: all right so this is a casting show before we dive into the casting it's fun to talk about the casting that might have been the alternate timelines if you will of this movie Mm. Ooh, so like this. we're going to play a little better or worse. So I'm going to name off a actor or actress that was up for a role or potentially was considered for a role. And you let me know if you think better or worse. Simple as that. And we'll go through these pretty briskly, I think. So just to start off, we'll talk about Fezzik or Andre the Giant's character. Obviously, mm-hmm. this is a very beloved role for him. The cast and crew have hundreds of great stories about him and his size and having to get around and stuff. But he feel, feels like a very large piece of the puzzle. So I ask you, could you see these people in this movie? And would it be better or worse as Fezzik? Liam Neeson.
4: Oh worse. God. worse.
0: <laughs> he revealed much, on much <laughs> Worse. He revealed on Graham Norton that he auditioned and Rob Reiner scoffed and thought Neeson's height was only six foot four. He's like, get out of here with this.
4: That's what I would have done. Did Neeson drop trow in response? Because he's maybe. supposedly like really well endowed. Oh well, really?
0: That, he's got the uh, that makes more sense now you think okay. about it. So maybe he All was right. just so thinking heights, like, yeah. you know,
4: I just have
2: to be big mm-hmm. in one place. Yeah.
0: Right, <laughs> so, right, right.
2: It's like this is what you meant by the giant, right? The That's why just they just, call me the giant. The yeah.
4: camera's just shooting from the crotch up, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, we need a real giant, sir. Oh. Oh Okay. Is well, if a, heights, a...
0: if if heights, if heights, the issue, then let me ask you this: Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for Physic. better, worse, different.
2: I mean, different. probably. I mean, it's going to be different, but mm. like, it's probably not going to be better. I just think he's he's tall, but he's very lanky. He's very
0: like. He's also s- just not a good actor. So <laughs> there's a thing. charm. There's a charm to Andre.
4: Yeah, and yeah. A, here, I think that might be the problem with Kareem. He's kind of perpetually cranky.
0: Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah.
4: I like a lot of
0: his worldviews
4: and ideologies, but he's kind of an ass. Like, let's just be honest. Bit. Kareem's kind yeah. of an ass. He was on Full House, and he couldn't be, like, he wasn't very even family-friendly there. You're kind of like, this mm-hmm. guy's teaching really? <laughs> Uncle Jesse how to play basketball, but he still seems like he's mad at everyone.
0: That he has so. to be there. <laughs> okay, so one more for Fezzik. So, too short, not enough charisma, even though they're tall. But what if when this movie was originally going to be made in the 70s we had a young Arnold Schwarzenegger? I think
4: that'd it would have been fantastic. Be yeah, I think that'd be really good. Schwarzenegger's just charming as all get out. In fact, yeah. Yeah. when I watch this, I always think like there's an Arnold Schwarzenegger quality to Andre's performance. It's and it's probably right. just the thick accent, you know, the mm-hmm. the Eastern a- European accent and stuff like that. Yeah, I think I think a charm. late I think yeah. a
0: late 70s Arnold Schwarzenegger just getting into it, you know, and he's still young and has that energy. Because even in this version, Andre the Giant, he was on the later years of his life, but also just in his wrestling career, he couldn't lift anything. They had to use wires for uh, Princess Buttercup when he catches her, and then even in the fight with uh, with Wesley, they had to stage it so that he wasn't carrying his weight. So with yeah. the earlier version, Schwarzenegger would have had no problem, Mister Mister Universe, basically like I can toss him the yeah. other problem. All right, let's move on to the next one more character, a couple more characters. So for Vinzini, who was played by Sean Wallace, let me ask you better or worse if Danny DeVito is in the spot? Better, 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 Jesse better. Jesse is better, nodding. Better, better, better. Jesse's nodding fervently. So before filming, Wallace Sean had come to realize that he was the second choice behind Danny DeVito, although there is some confusion as if DeVito was actually pursued for it. But he was so worried about it and so worried about being dangered to being fired. And Carrie Elvis even noticed when they were filming their scene for the Battle of Wits that he was sweating profusely. <laughs> and he's he's he was talking to Rob Reiner and he's, he's like, he didn't feel he get the part because he isn't Sicilian. And Rob assured him, he's like, hey, your voice is exactly the same as Vizzini's in the book. Don't worry. Oh, OK. That's so, interesting. That's
2: <laughs> what an interesting thing to say. <laughs> yeah.
0: His main concern is he wasn't, like, uh, Sicilian. I think he just was, he's just terrified that he's going to get fired. It was the whole Carrie Fisher thing of, like, they're going to bring in Jodie Foster any moment that I'm, or Sigourney Weaver the second I screw up this role, you know?
4: I was about to say, they could have just gone up and said, "Uh, Mandy Patinkin's not Spanish. (laughs) You're fine. Or Patinkin. He's he's not Spanish. So, like, you're, you're cool.
0: You're cool. So, speaking of Carrie Fisher herself, let's move on to Princess Buttercup and the writer William Goldman claimed that Carrie Fisher was the ideal choice for Buttercup. Now, this probably would have been a hmm. 70s version cuz she's a a little older in the 80s obviously, but better, worse, different. Different. It's same?
2: I think there's not a lot to do to Buttercup, so I feel like Well, I think you if just stand it, there look like yeah. Regal and Royal in she's
0: the in her. the argument of cuz if we were if we were casting this 10 years Previously, and it was Princess Leia versus Princess Buttercup. I think Princess Leia is the better role in general. Because, oh,
2: yeah, for
1: sure. Yeah,
4: easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I could see. I just her don't breathe. know that. I don't know that Carrie Fisher would have played it the same. I think she would have been really difficult to just be the damsel in distress.
0: Yeah. Robin Wright yes, does a, for good, sure. a good job of being that kind of pure younger character in, in this movie. So, other women considered for the role. There's no real story behind it. So, just give me a real quick better or worse. Uma Thurman for Princess Buttercup.
4: No. Gross. Worse. Don't like it.
2: Courtney
0: Cox for Princess Buttercup. Good gosh. Get that out of here.
2: Yes. (laughs) Please. Yes. Better. Better.
4: Better.
0: Meg Ryan for Buttercup. Worse. Corey?
4: No, that's great. I like Meg Ryan. Worse. Okay. Okay. No, incredible.
0: And the more left field choice is, and she apparently campaigned for this role, Whoopi Goldberg.
4: For Buttercup?
0: For Buttercup. (laughs) Fuck yes!
4: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: I have no idea how old she was at the time. I don't.
4: I was about to say Whoopi Goldberg's like Steve Martin. She's always been over fifty to me. Forty. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) She's forty. So I think yeah, she's she's too old at this point for this role. I think is the problem. So
2: no, I mean she'd be thirty two at this point. I was just saying she's perpetually like yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, absolutely.
4: Whoopi Goldberg's gonna carry carry Elvis through the fire swamp. (laughs) <laughs> like the, everything's reversed. Like Which she's would be so that fun. rats. I mean, it's ass. called she's the princess bride. In the yeah, side, so. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, all dang, right, all right.
0: Okay, so one more, and we'll, we'll wrap this this little thing up. So there was only one name that I found for the, that was considered for Wesley. So give me a better or worse with a Christopher Reeve as Wesley.
4: Oh, that's incredible. Worse. No, that's awesome. Worse. It's amazing. Shut up.
0: I got I got one person very against it. I got one person saying it's amazing.
4: <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure it would
2: have been fine. Yeah, but,
0: but it wouldn't have been Carrie Elvis at right. all.
4: It's just he the just American Carrie had... Elvis. That's all it is. It's just that. Really but Carrie lovable... Elvis isn't
0: even American.
4: <laughs> no, I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's what he's Christopher saying. Christopher Reed no. yeah. is the American
0: Carrie oh, oh, Elvis. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can see it's that.
4: Just very charming, lovable guys. That's fair. That's fair.
0: Yeah, I mean, they they chose him because he reminded them of Errol Flynn and Burt Lancaster back in the day. Dude even went on to play Robin Hood and Men in Tights, uh, lampooning them. But yeah, that's pretty much what we were given in terms of actors potentially for these roles. And that wraps up our alternate timelines. Better or worse, Chuck tr- tr- Trivia.
4: Yeah, I like that. That's fun. All I learned from that is Tanner has terrible taste. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well that means it's time to hop in the time machine right everybody get ready to go all the way back to 2007
1: 2007
0: don't come and i'm gonna ask mj to marry me baby pig baby pig jesus christ it's jason Bourne. my name
1: is optimus john we'll know what we can do this is Sparta.
4: Does that mean, Tanner, are you in high school? Are we going back to high school for you? Are you both in high school? Oh,
2: yeah. This is a sophomore year of high school.
4: Dang. All right. This is a horrible experiment for you guys. (laughs) Cool. Hey, you guys can, while we're in 2007, go and find your teenage selves and tell them all the stuff you wish you did. Does that make you feel better? Yeah.
2: I've got definitely a couple of things that I need to (laughs) get across. Relay.
4: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All I right. Do not happening. seek the treasure.
1: Yeah. What?
4: And then and then when Tanner's like Tanner's past self was like, who wins the Super Bowl? So I can bet on it, Tanner's gonna go, I have no idea. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, he's like, What's the point of meeting you? <laughs> um Alright, well then Tanner, you need to tell us, you need to give us the year in review for two thousand and seven.
2: I will Let's start with our standard box office. Number 10, 300. Number nine, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Number eight, National Treasure, Book of Secrets. Number seven, The Born Ultimatum. Number six, I Am Legend. Number five, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, which is solid, that's the fifth book. Number four, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Number three, Transformers. Number two, Shrek the Third. And abhorrently, at number one, Uh-oh. is Spider Man 3.
0: Oh no. <laughs> the hey, top two movies it- are the worst of their franchise. <laughs>
4: We didn't know what we were going into, all right? Oh
2: man.
0: <laughs>
2: it is so rough. When I looked that up, I was like, man, this is the sad I,
0: I think I recall this summer being very because Shrek the Third was it was is the worst of the four. And then yeah, Spider-Man 3 you walk into going like, What did I, I just know. watch? Like I I, I kinda like parts of it, but what was with the dancing? What happened mm-hmm. there? Some it's of us wild.
4: gladly gave over seven dollars to see Topher Grace be Venom and then we all it's like man, <laughs> yes, what a disappointment absolutely. did not go according to plan.
2: Well, uh, let's see if the Oscars are any better than the top 10. We will see. Here we go for actress in a supporting role, we get Tilda Swinton for uh-huh. Michael Clayton. Okay, yeah, actor in a supporting role, we get Javier Bardem for No Country for Old Men. Mm actress in a leading role, we get uh, Marion Cotillard?
0: Cotillard. Cotillard?
2: Cotillard. Marion Cotillard for La Vie en Rose mm-hmm. and actor in a leading role Daniel Day-Lewis for There Will Be Blood. Now, for Best Picture, your nominees were There Will Be Blood, Michael Clayton, Atonement, Juno,
0: and the winner, No Country for Old Men. Oh, yeah. This is also the year this, uh, it was the either the supporting actor or the lead actor it was pretty stacked right like the competition there I believe. Oh,
2: uh, yeah i think so i don't remember what it was i think right you now. this is
0: also your sweeney todd so you had johnny depp in the mix you had javier you had daniel plainview i think if, if i remember right but yeah i remember it being pretty stacked year in terms of just actors being nominated
4: which is wild for such a bad, like, year. 2007, Corey was very irate that Juno didn't win Best Picture. But... Yeah. 2022, Corey gets it. No country Old Men. Yeah. Probably two. Yeah, I mean, this was
2: her Best Actor, Nick. It was Daniel Day-Lewis, George Clooney, Tommy Lee Jones, Viggo Mortensen,
0: Johnny Depp. Yeah, that's a, that's a, those are some pretty heavy hitters, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love Eastern Promises, yeah.
2: Anyway, um, so that's the Best Picture. The only thing we have left here is the trends and double dip twin films, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Not a lot. There is one and then a couple that are like within a year, you know, like 2006 to 2007. In 2006, we had Happy Feet. And in 2007, we got Surf's Up. Nice. Both are computer animated comedy films about penguins. Those are
4: not the same movie. Huh.
2: They are not interesting. Not at all.
4: That is correct. Like, not even set close. I said them both, and I pictured them both, and I went, "Oh, those are two different films." All
2: right. <laughs> this one's wow. funny to me because in 2007 we got Curse of the Zodiac.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We got Zodiac. Oh. And then in 2005 we got
4: The Zodiac.
2: <laughs> I don't all know films which... based on the Zodiac
4: Killer. I don't know which one of those is the Robert Downey Jr. J. Kellen- Gyllenhaal movie, but that one's incredible.
2: That one is incredible. And I don't know which one it is because they're all, except I know it's not Curse of the Zodiac. Yeah, it's I don't definitely not it's that Zodiac one. Zodiac or the Zodiac. Yeah, it's probably it's one just of those. Zodiac. I think
0: it's just Zodiac. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: and then the other twin film is An American Crime and The Girl Next Door. Both oh. are based on the torture and murder of Sylvia Likens. Wow. Hmm. Yep. That's a downer. It is. I haven't seen either of them. I thought you were talking about was not the title that I anticipated for that rundown. Yeah, yeah, I thought you
0: were talking about the one about the uh, with what's his name where he lives next door to a porn star. Emile Hirsch. Yeah. Yeah.
4: The girl
2: next door. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Definitely a different movie.
0: Definitely different.
2: (laughs) Yep. There's two of them. The 2004 one is the Emile Hirsch one. Okay. And the 2007 one is the murder one. So, wow. Yeah.
4: It's Wild. Okay.
2: It's <laughs> crazy. Other than that, there were some good films this year, even though if you look at the landscape, it doesn't look like it. Yeah. I don't... Are there other films that you guys wanted to pitch for this year to kind of cement where we are in 2007? I can see everyone is Googling. Um, my three are Into the Wild. This is Plastic. Mm, yeah. Emile Hirsch, just probably the best thing he has put out in his career i think there's rain over me which is just so good
0: if no one has seen it it's a good uh Adam sandler performance for sure
2: yeah like adam sandler don Cheadle about a guy who has lost his family and is just struggling to get through it it's real good uh and then of course my last one is going to be hot fuzz
0: yeah that's a, that's a good one of the of what is the how do, you, how do you call it the Coronetti trilogy? The Coronado. Coronado tri- trilogy. Which is just like.
4: Such bad taste.
0: <laughs> Why?
4: Oh, I can't say. Which of those thing. was bad taste? Um, I don't like Edgar Wright movies at all. Those are just. Terrible. Well, then who it's has been... bad taste, Corey? Into the Wild. <laughs> you. Is dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. Oh, no, it's man. not. It is. Oh, the that's, book's that's dumb. Just... The movie's dumb. It wow. glorifies a dumb kid who did something dumb and died for doing something dumb. I would That's say the
0: albums, but I would say the albums good. But I know that Corey hates Eddie Vedder too. So. Oh, I love Eddie Vedder. What? Why oh do I? God. Why do I hate Eddie you, Vedder? You talk trash about Pearl Jam all the time. That's probably
4: just to irritate you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm, I'm 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 okay with Vedder. Vedder's fine. In okay, my book. okay. The album right, is really okay. good. It's yeah, the movie no, it's is a also album. very good. Uh, the album's fine. I think
2: you're right, Corey. I think there is an aspect of like glorification that like that movie has that yeah. has led multiple people to harm and death oh yeah yes. for sure which is unfortunate but the movie is really good the story is fascinating so i
4: will not stand for you talking trash about it <laughs> okay um I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say it, 310 to yuma came out and that's like yeah. mm-hmm. maybe the best western I've ever seen. It's probably my favorite Western like traditional mm, Western. Yeah. Definitely um, the best like
0: one of the best modern ones for sure. Yeah, it's incredible.
4: Yeah. Uh, super bad is weirdly a movie I despised when I first saw it and it's kind of grown on me. I kind of appreciate super bad interesting for what it is but not hot reality. rod uh, no hot rods dumb um, <laughs> and then uh, I guess I'm just going to finish it off with I will say that I typically don't enjoy Will Ferrell movies, but I think that Blades of Glory is his best movie. It is a good one. It's fun. I think it's his best character is the the rock star figure skater, I think is by far the most fun thing he's ever done. I'll just throw that out there.
0: Gotcha. Interesting. So let me throw three of three that we haven't talked about at you. A lot of the ones you guys have said crossed over on my list, but the ones I'll highlight are 30 Days of Night. I really enjoyed. It's Hmm. a vampire movie. (laughs) Yeah. Smoke and Aces. I'm surprised Corey didn't bring that one up.
2: Oh, it's so good. Oh, that is
0: good. And one that I didn't watch until recently though, but it was made this year was Sunshine with Killian Murphy. Oh, it's a sci-fi. Great
4: movie.
2: I don't know that one. Yeah. Oh, Phenomenal it's
0: good. Movie. It's fun. Yeah.
4: Throw it on the uh watch Yeah, list that watch dinner. list. It's like about oh, a good. crew of people going to like reignite the sun because it's like dying out. Hell yeah. And then it turns into a horror movie real fast.
2: Weird. real fast that sounds awesome yeah that sounds real
4: cool it takes a the third act just goes hard left, left yeah. turn <laughs> yeah um oh I, we should probably i, I want tanner's opinion do, do you like across the universe i do i okay i, I don't I, think I, it's like the
2: best film okay. but i
4: do like it
2: yeah, yeah I, I like it too yeah i
4: feel like every time i watch across the universe i just think like i bet tanner loves this. i like it <laughs> <laughs> i mean definitely
2: at i think the it's time yeah. that it came out, I was mm-hmm. really into the Beatles, and so I really loved it at the time.
4: Okay, but all right, fair enough. It's good. And then, uh, Death Proof, I, we should have just we should just with oh, Death yeah, Proof, because yeah. it was Death kind Proof, of ahead yeah. of its time. It was like, hey, look, women are cool. <laughs> 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 it would take Hollywood a while to catch up, and yeah. some horrible things to happen for Hollywood to finally go fine. Yeah, but okay. All right, that's good. That's good. 2007's a weird. I feel like there's gems hidden in a lot of crap. That's kind of this year. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I saw I Am Legend three times in theaters just to watch the Dark Knight stuff right before it. That was like the (laughs) only reason I watched it three times in theaters. Well, that means let's cast the Princess Bride. All right, guys. So just a reminder of what we do on Quantum Recast: is we take a film out of its original release year and we drop it in a new release year. So Princess Bride's coming right out of 1987 and going all the way up to 2007. Nick has chosen this film, which means he's the director, which means Tanner and I have put together a 2007 appropriate cast list for The Princess Bride, Um, and we're going to pitch our picks to Nick, and he'll choose his favorite. First of all, Tanner and I are bound to rules. Rule number one, anyone we cast must be alive in 2007. Can't bring anyone back from the dead. Uh, Rule number two, anyone we cast must be available They can't be like, you know, involved in any sort of wars or anything like that in prison, anything, you know, they they just have to be available uh, to 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 cast. And then rule number three, they must be active. And we define that on Quantum Recast as they have to have at least one acting credit in 2007 or prior to Uh, they already have to have some skin in the game, in other words. Then rule number four: Anyone Tanner and I cast, and Nick chooses, will lose all major film credits. That way, we can't just go shooting willy-nilly. We got to be a little tactic or tactful here. Um, we have to, you know, decide if uh, we're going to burn things down um, or leave them be. But in case you ha- didn't notice, and we're not real high on two thousand seven. <laughs> not a lot of great monuments to cinema to burn down.
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe on the t- maybe on the top end, not. But there, there's yeah, some, there's yeah. some stuff in the middle there. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. some
4: stuff. There's some stuff, you know, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure Tanner's purposely tried to destroy something. He's kind of been on that tear lately. Like, let me see what I can just destroy. So, Someone's got to you know,
0: do I, it. He's, he's got like an it. overdeveloped like sense of vengeance. Yeah. So mm-hmm.
4: It's a wild card. That's I what I my like therapist it. says. And then Nick, since you're the director, you get two power ups. Uh, first me. of all, the old switcheroo at any point during casting uh, towards the end or whatever, even you can uh, just switch to actors that have already been cast. But in the respective roles, if you just think it looks a little pretty as you uh, start seeing the wider picture at the end mm-hmm. and you just start, hey, I'm going to rearrange some stuff. You can do that. And then your big one is that you can override me and Tanner only one time and it has to happen during the casting. So at some point you can just say you guys both did terrible or I hate you or I just want to put my favorite actor right here. You can do that. But one time and during that casting, once we go past it, you can't go back. That is the rules. Everyone's in play. Everyone's got knows what we're doing here, except for me. Not Mm -hmm. sure I'm going to salvage this. (laughs) Nick, Tanner, have a seat in the director's seat. uh, (laughs) Uh, Get all cozy. You can take it from here. Okay. Oh god,
2: I'm so excited to see what happens
4: here.
0: Okay, here we go, boys. We're going to be recasting a Princess Bride in 2007. We started off as we have been with our 30 seconds or less casting, which is we've got cast members that we love and we enjoy, but we didn't want to spend as much time on them, but we did still want to note them. So from the bottom to the top of our 30 seconds or less cast, we have the impressive clergyman or the priest at the end that says Mowage. Uh, He is played by Peter Cook. The ancient booer, Marjorie Mason. The albino played by Mel Smith. Valerie. Carol Kane, who is with Miracle Max, played by Billy Crystal. And of course, we have the grandson and grandfather, played by Fred Savage and Peter Falk. Respectively. So, respectively. Gentlemen, are you ready for 30 seconds or less? I'm so ready. Not even sort of. Not even no. sort of. Well, oh, the no, good no. news <laughs> is life is pain, Corey. Life is pain.
4: Just it just remind reminder, the rules are not in play for 30 seconds or less. No one's losing any.
0: Correct. Any. Yeah. Nobody right. loses any time. It's treated as a cameo more than an actual roll time being take, taken away. Yeah. All right. So well, I've got a quarter here. So, uh, Corey, call in the air right now. Uh, heads? Heads. Uh, it is got heads. On. So, you will go first, Corey? <laughs> not that that matters. <laughs> <laughs> and here we go. So, gentlemen, are you ready? Yes. Personal yeah. Consent. Okay. Jesse, you're ready. All right. Three, two, one. The impressive clergyman, Corey.
4: Jerry Seinfeld.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Tanner. Jason Manzukis. Ah, Jerry Seinfeld. The Thank ancient you. booer, Corey.
4: Dave Chappelle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Boo this man. <laughs> Tanner. Glenn Close. Glenn. Cl- uh, oh God. Uh. I'm gonna go Glenn Close because I think yeah. I'd be laughing too much. at Dave Chappelle, um, the albino, Rain Wilson, Rain Wilson. Oh, okay. Dwight All right. Schrute. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tanner, Jason Alexander. Oh, okay. We got a lot of Seinfeld representation here. I like Rain Wilson here. Let's go, Rain Wilson. Uh, All right, Valerie, Corey, uh, SNL alum
4: Rachel Dratch. Okay. Uh,
2: nice.
0: Tanner
4: will and grace
2: alum megan mulally
0: oh um yeah let's go with megan i like i like yeah that one. that's gonna be fun oh uh, Mir- you don't know who rachel Dratch is uh, she's the debbie downer lady um, okay
4: fine fair fair
0: miracle max Corey. mike myers good that's a good one okay tanner mel brooks <laughs> <laughs> okay fair fair uh cory who is yours it was Mike Myers, Mike Myers versus not better
2: than mine. I'll tell you that. Uh,
0: yeah, let's let, let's let, what, uh, what, my
2: guy plays it, characters
4: it, it, a lot. Just just uh,
2: Mel Brooks. Mel, yeah, Mel Brooks plays yeah. this character.
0: Mel Brooks. A lot. Mel Brooks. <laughs> All right. Uh, grandson, Corey,
4: Michael, Sarah, <laughs> <laughs> how old is 19 year old Michael Sarah? <laughs> tater.
2: Wow. Troy Gentili from Drillbit Taylor. My, my, I, uh, <laughs> if you have to Google him, Nick, Google him. He's what is his name? He's the friend. He's Troy Gentili. He's the Troy, he's the bigger guy, Troy. curly hair. He's the you friend. don't have he's to like Google
4: 19 year old Michael Sarah, but he's 19 years old, <laughs> and it's brilliant. We're dealing with an absurdist comedy, it's hilarious. <laughs> Oh
2: man, we are—we were really Uh, right in track, Corey. Oh no, in Uh, the same.
0: Oh, he's the kid. He's—he's on uh, the Goldbergs as when he gets older. Oh yeah, he's the Goldbergs. Yeah, he's the older brother. He's also in Nacho Libre. Listen, yeah, Troy Gentilly. That—that makes that just makes more sense. This
4: episode's going to. Oh, this is bad.
0: All right, this is uh, bad. Last, last one, grandfather, Corey, James Earl Jones. (laughs) Okay
4: nice
0: uh tanner
1: robin williams
0: oh shit oh shit that is not where i had robin williams in my head uh oh it has to be robin williams yeah i have to go with that oh god yeah that's good this is
4: unfair tanner prepared correctly (laughs) (laughs) that's not my fault (laughs) You know, whatever. Every listener in the world is going to think James Earl Jones reading to a 19 year old Michael Sarah in the exact same room <laughs> is going to be hilarious. I think it's incredibly and it hilarious. Is perfectly 2007. Listen, it, this podcast sucks, and I'm tired of the conspiracy. I know you two had a phone call yesterday. I know it. This is all planned. That's true.
0: Corey, listen. Gosh.
2: If It doesn't had, get
4: better, Nick. I can just, just tell you right now, <laughs> up top, it doesn't get better. It doesn't get better, better, better.
0: The problem is, is that brighter, if I made brighter, that choice, brighter. we go down a path, <laughs> and we can't come back from it. And there's no balancing this.
4: I don't know. It's a pretty good. Bag. Michael Sarah just sipping out of a juice box in bed, listening to James Earl Jones. <laughs> but it's is, a. Co- He's oh, eating com- Cheetos. It's a what? It's a. It's a comedy. That's what it is, Nick.
0: <laughs> but I'm trying to keep some form of the original spirit intact here. You called it. You called it, Corey. You called it. Some aired, some aired. amount of it.
4: Okay. Well, just before we move on to the top cast, Tanner, do you at least appreciate what I did down bottom? I love what you did down bottom. That's uh, what
2: she said. That's what she said. I love it. Yeah.
0: Jerry Seifield's great. Glenn Close, I think it plays into the intent of the character less than mm-hmm. it being more humorous. <laughs>
4: I would just um, like it to be known that Jesse fight. laughed at all of my choices. Jesse I, laughed I, at I know all of my choices.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's, let's get to the top, guys. and Let's see where we go. So we'll start off with Vinzini.
4: You'd like to think that, wouldn't you? You've beaten my giant, which means you're exceptionally strong. So you could have put the poison in your own goblet, trusting on your strength to save you. So I can
2: clearly not choose the wine in front of you. But you've also bested my Spaniard. Which
0: means you must have studied. And in studying, you must have learned that man is mortal. So you would have put the poison as far from yourself as possible so I can clearly not choose the wine in front
4: of me. You're trying to trick me into giving away something. It won't work. It has worked. You've given everything away. I know where the poison is. Then make your choice.
0: I will. And I choose. What in the world can that be? Played very humorously by Wallace Shawn. Venzini is the, uh, basically, he's the one that leads the capture of Princess Buttercup. He has this whole plan to kind of lead everybody into a war. And along with him, he has Fezzik and Montoya that will help him capture Buttercup. And along the way, Wesley outduels and outmans uh, his men. So he leads to the iconic uh, duel of the mines in which he gets poisoned by Iocane powder and dies. But not without saying inconceivable at least 300 times. I'm gonna switch it up now. So Tanner, since Corey went first to thirty seconds or less, you will go first in the top cast. No, no. So I'm refusing to go first. You're not choosing.
2: Uh,
4: I'm refusing to go first. Okay. Just want that well, to be uh, said. You're I quit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tanner, who is your Vinzini or Vizini?
2: This was probably the easiest one that I had on my cast list. Okay. There was no one else that I would want to play Vinzini. Then John Lovitz. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, tell, tell the audience who it. John Lovitz is if, he, if they don't know.
2: If you don't know John Lovitz, he's in, um, oh, my God, he's in everything. Uh, League of Their Own. He's in The Bench Warmers in the last couple of years. He was in, um, what was he in the last couple of he's years? In, he's
0: in quite a few Adam Sandler movies. Was he an he's SNL in the- cast member? Yes, he was. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he's he's doing a lot of TV this yeah. year in 2007. He is doing like one movie called I Could Never Be Your Woman, so I can tell you. We're fine. He is not the lead <laughs> and if he was, it sounds like a great comedy. But no, nope, doesn't seem like he's a lot to do in the movie, so I wasn't too worried about it. Uh but if you could just imagine John Lovitz just I can, screeching his yes. way through
0: inconceivable
2: <laughs> it just perfect he
0: has he has a Christopher Walken odd type of delivery like it's a unique delivery yes. in which which only adds to this the humor of this character even more right he's definitely just
2: one of those guys like you hear his voice and you know exactly who it is
0: yes like, yes, yeah. absolutely okay While I type this out Corey give me your Vizini.
4: all right I didn't go quite as comedic as I did down bottom mm-hmm. But I'm just bringing Steve Buscemi here. Um, also, just uh, think that he can do fair. a real fun character actor thing. He's obviously got this. The You know, Sean Wallace has got a very uh, certain aesthetic to him. Um, mm-hmm. And I also think that Steve Buscemi's got like a certain aesthetic to him as well. I wanted to go small as well because he needed to, you know, it, the comedic aspect of him bossing Fezzik around. A giant mm-hmm. around, and, right? Uh, yeah. This year, Steve Bashimi, he's mainly just got three movies. Something called The Interview, and then mm-hmm. he's in the Chris Rock movie. I think I Love My Wife, and yes. then he's in the Chuck and Larry movie that I think yeah. we're okay if it gets destroyed. Yeah, I don't think yeah.
0: it's aged well <laughs> in this time period. No, those are those are both good. Yeah, I think Steve Buscemi, he's he kind of plays he, he's also one of those like pocket reach for type of actors you go for like a John yeah. Levitts when you're like I want this peculiar type of character. -hmm. And he can definitely play like the frustrated, just trying to outwit everybody, but gets outdone in the end.
4: We both brought you like Adam Sandler side guys. Yeah,
0: yeah. Which is which Which is is great. great. (laughs) Yeah. You're giving us they both could have been stuck in Chuck and Larry, and now we have the opportunity to put them in something a little more a little more memorable, I would say. Yeah. I think I'm gonna go with John Levitz. I just I love the idea of him. Uh, yelling yeah. at, our, at our Ineo and our Fezik and then trying to outwit and just getting frustrated as he's trying to verbally explain how he's smarter than our Wesley and then, the, of course, the laugh at the end. I think he leans a little more in the humorous side than Vashimi does, and I think that that's appropriate for this role. Mm-hmm. I think
4: John Lovitz is the best Tanner's ever done on this podcast. It's it's pretty
0: <laughs> solid gold, yeah. Like it's, it's the best. It's incredible. Yeah. Yes, you yeah. you
4: normally do terrible, so this is <laughs> really awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you.
0: All right, and we will move forward to Count Rugen.
2: As you know, the concept of the suction comes to century sound really that's all this is except that instead of sucking
1: water I'm sucking life I've just sucked one year of your life away I might one day go as high as five but
2: I really don't know what that would do to you so let's just start with what we have what did this do to you tell me and
3: remember this is for
2: posterity so be honest how do you feel (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: interesting count Rugen is the right hand man or the right hand the right six-fingered hand man of prince humperdinck he's there to help track down princess buttercup and it turns out that he is the guy who killed in montoya's father and whom in montoya is trying to get revenge on has a great scene at the end with those two but he's he's a gentleman of sorts but he's also He's a scientist of torture, I would say, because when he's figuring out the ways to t- torture uh, Wesley when he's been captured, he's, he's, he's in there asking, like, OK, I need you to be honest. Tell me how, how painful this is. You know, <laughs> it's
4: like he's, like, he's like, writing his thesis Don't for lie. college. Yeah, this when is on he's a torture. serial.
0: It's a medieval serial killer is basically what he is. He's just like, I yeah. need to understand this. All right. Well, Tanner, you made it. So you take it and tell us who is your uh, Count Rugen. Yes.
2: This one was a little bit more difficult for me because like there's just so many ways you could take this character.
0: True. You could
2: like really go far with it to like very absurdist like crazy town. Mm -hmm. Or you could go a little bit more like stoic, cold, Mm kind of how they do with the original guy. Right. But I don't want stoic. (laughs) I want the guy that's just like fucking weird and you're just like, what is happening? Who is this guy? Why is he the, the evil guy? I'm bringing you mm-hmm. in Corey's favorite movie, Will Ferrell. Of Will Ferrell's career. Corey's favorite movie of Will Ferrell's oh, career. Oh, I see. Okay. Will Ferrell.
0: Got it. So he's doing the uh, Blades, Blades of, of Glory this year. this year, and you're trying to sabotage Corey's Blades of Glory. Got it. Okay.
2: Yeah, this year he's doing, I mean, he's doing quite a few things. He's doing like Blades of Glory. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, oh this, semi-pro
2: is the next year i thought okay. it was uh 2007 yeah this is my pro is the next year it's the yeah.
0: middle of that that mid-2000s run where it's anchorman it's blades of glory it, it, this is the definitely yeah. like his i would say his a peak of sorts for him mm-hmm. definitely even in this is like
2: yeah just right in the middle of mm, his stepbrothers his yeah, runs. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah 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 for sure for sure okay yeah i could i could see where you're going where it's played a little more it's more spoofed he's a little more peculiar and weird about it he probably has he might have a voice or like I could see him putting on like a British accent but it being a little bit ridiculous or something yeah I feel like the thing that I took from
2: his career is like if you look at Zoolander his like Mugatu character Mm -hmm. yeah like if you take that make him British (laughs) I'm still yeah (laughs) yeah, and like that's the guy that I that I have the like Will Ferrell villain that we see which is always like a little kooky and weird and stupid okay I love that. So, and I see him in that moment of like, "All right, now tell me if this hurts. I can't have you lie to me because this is important research." You know, like Mm -hmm. doing that bit.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I can, I can definitely see this. Yeah, okay. I'm processing because it's, it is, it's out of, out of the box, but it's fun. Corey, give me your count.
4: All right, I'm gonna counter Tanner's really trash decision. Like, what a good punch. Um, so here's the thing about Count Rugen that always throws me off is that he's played by Christopher Guest, a mm-hmm. noted comedian, a brilliant yeah. comedian, yeah. and he's never funny once in mm-hmm. this movie. It is just played completely straight. It's the one character that's played completely straight pretty much mm-hmm. throughout I would the say whole movie.
0: He he has comedic moments, I think, but it's it's in comparison to everything else where it's more I don't want to say one liners or witty things. It's it's him. Even his delivery of like, moments. we just took one year off your life. How tell us how you feel. Or when Neo keeps repeating his phrase, his catchphrase, well, and he's just like, stop that. saying that. And then yeah. even I think it's, it's just character
4: acting. It's it, yeah. but like my thing is, is so it's like I didn't know how to play it. At first, I wrote down Bradley Cooper just because I thought I'm just gonna have a guy that just needs to be menacing. And he's not quite Bradley Cooper yet. Like he's like a year away from Mm -hmm. being the big. But I decided to play it differently. I'm going to bring you something similar where it's like you look at him and it's a little off putting. But when it's those lines, I just took one year off your life and all this stuff. It's going to be it's just going to hit weird. Okay. I'm bringing you Elijah Wood as the man as Count Rugen. Just, he's going to be kind of almost like little man syndrome to a degree. Like, he's just that side guy, Lord Farquad of this movie. Yeah. Wow. And he, you know, it's kind of a heel turn, but honestly, in 2005, he played a villain in Sin City.
0: Right. Yeah. He plays plays the son that's kind of a serial killer that doesn't really feel pain and stuff. So, it's
4: not a full heel turn because he's Mm -hmm. done a heel, but in this one, he would talk and it would just be kind of off-putting
0: it it would it's it, it definitely with how blood. recent it is you know it's it's four years out from return of the king where he's playing frodo and it's a fantasy movie so it definitely this yeah. would be the the one everyone would notice and go oh why is frodo baggins being this weird odd serial killer here type of mm-hmm. character or mo- yeah, but monster you throw person. the goatee on him and the three
4: musketeer looking thing and it's just it's it's not frodo yeah yeah and he's got six
0: <sighs> fingers I will say Corey, you were not casting with me in mind.
4: I know. <laughs> Trust me, I know. I know. I know.
0: Because it's true that these you both went outside the box and now have now have forced me to kind of really process how these two would would perform this and I have to be quick about it cuz Jesse will point the gun at my head. Kill much. you. Yeah. He will. He has a sniper on me. He knows how I am when I make decisions. <clears throat> I just pull out my sword and ask it to guide me. But no, Will Ferrell will definitely play the more over the top version of that and can be played up for laughs. And that's like we talked about that beat some of that sophomoric humor, maybe being played Mm -hmm. into this. Elijah could do that because he he has done that post Lord of the Rings. He he and uh, the Harry Potter actor uh, have both chosen uh, Radcliffe have both gone. I'm going to go do these bizarre things just so I can get as far away from Frodo and Harry as possible. Yeah, just do some different stuff. Yeah. my concern. With Elijah, he's only third. Is he? You know, it's he's only twenty. Face. He's only twenty something. I mean, you th- you throw a yeah, you throw a mustache or whatever on him, and it, and that helps. But in the timeline of the story, he kills Neo's father. Is it in? It is it implied or in 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 line insinuated insinuated that he's a kid when that happens? Because he he says like I spent twenty years training to kill him which can yeah, be Yeah, so I assume that's him as a child. Yeah, which can be adjusted. I mean, it's we it's just a script touch up. Just mm-hmm. do it, Nick, just do it. The it's problem fine, is the prob- the, pro- the problem is is that it's just with Will this Ferrell role. sucks. Yeah, I know. With this role, it's it's hard because y- there is a, an element of it that is serious. Like it when it comes down to it at the end when Neo finally kills him, it is a serious moment. It's not as played for laughs as as they toy around with here and there at the end. So when when he finally gets his revenge and touches, like you want it, you you want to hate the guy enough that you're like, I I do want him dead to an extent. You want revenge for Neo Montoya, so I think yeah. having someone to play a bit more of a slightly serious villain is somewhat necessary here. So I'm gonna gamble with Corey, and we're gonna have Elijah Wood play this creepy killer type version of lean into the creepiness there on that end. So that's who I'm gonna go with. I've decided, we're doing it. Jesse put it in blood and ink on the paper. We'll move forward before I change my mind.
1: Okay, that's fine. That's fine.
4: That's, I mean, Corey, I do really appreciate this pick. I know you do.
2: I think because
0: that's you're who I had
4: mine when I picked it, and I was like, Tanner will love this.
0: So you can't be mad when I pick your picks, Tanner, <laughs> or Corey's picks. I know.
2: I'm just saying, Will Ferrell has a lot of really good, um, serious moments, but we won't get into it. You've already
4: chosen. We've Move, moving on. <laughs> now, Jesse doesn't have anywhere to be. Let's reopen this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> moving on. Moving on.
2: <laughs> Obviously, Stanley Tucci is the proper choice here, but neither oh, of us could do that. Was, that's true. Yeah. yeah.
0: Almost pulled by override. There, it was close, but not quite. Um, all right. Let's move on to Prince Humperdinck.
3: I oh, know the people are quite taken with him. It's odd. But when I hired Vizini to have her murdered on our engagement day, I thought
4: that was clever. But it's going to be so much more moving when I strangle her on our wedding night. Once Gilder is blamed, the nation will be truly outraged. They'll demand we go to
0: war. So Prince Humperdinck, he is the typical kind of Prince John type of, of villain, a royal figure that wants what he wants. He's kind of willing to go to specific lows, but he is humorous to an extent. And even leading up to everything, he he sees himself as smarter than everyone. He's he's portrayed as as that as well. And you get an air of power about him just with the men he has around him and everything. But Mm -hmm. like everything else in this movie, there is a line of humor with him. It comes to a head in moments where, like, he's about Count Rugen's. Like, do you want to come down to the to the torture thing? He's like, well, I got to do this. I got a 500th anniversary. I got a wedding. I'm booked. You know, so there's mm-hmm. a, it, everyone has a good funny moment in this movie. I don't feel like even the most yeah. stoic of characters gets a chance to shine. So, Corey, you made it. So tell us oh, who is good. Prince yes. Humperdink. Personally, I think Chris
4: Arandon is the best part of this entire movie. He's great. <laughs> I I love his performance. I don't know that he can has a lot of range i think he's just really good at playing these types of characters yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay so i actually i put two names down and one of them might be more of a nick choice nice but it's like my pride kind of wants me to just keep going down my path (laughs) and executing my original vision burn the bridge
0: or scorched earth Hmm. that's the word i'm looking for Mm mm-hmm
4: It's like, do I want to give Nick a heel turn that he'll really appreciate, or do I just want to go down what I think is just a modern day Chris Sarandon? Okay, I think I'm just going to go, I'm going to, you know what, I'm just going to stick with it. I'm just going to give you what I was going to throw at Tanner first. Okay. Here's what I'm not giving you, Nick. I'm not giving you Hugh Jackman. I'm not giving you the Hugh Jackman heel turn.
0: Okay, okay.
4: I'm going to throw you a guy that you might have to Google. I'm not sure. I'm pulling him out of a movie you should have seen this year. 300, and I'm essentially okay. just swapping him in the exact role he played in 300. For this, mm. I'm bringing you Dominic West, very famous uh, for playing yeah. Jimmy in The Wire. He played Theron in 300. Uh, he's like trying to frame uh, yeah. Leonidas' his wife. The whole mm-hmm. thing. He's like the, yeah, political he's the politician. Player. Yeah, he literally is just. It's perfect. He looks. He looks royal. He just has mm-hmm. that same delivery, and yeah. he's just an ass. Like he's just True. he's really good at playing assholes. Yes. And so mm-hmm. all he's doing this year is three hundred and mm-hmm. Hannibal Rising, um, which mm-hmm. it's like if we had to get rid of any of the mm. Silence of the Lamb movies, I think this is the one. Um, yeah. so that's fine. He's not playing Hannibal, so who cares whoever one right, else right, is right, in the right. movie. Okay. Um so that's what I'm pulling him out of. And I that's just what I was gonna throw at Tanner, is I'm sure he's likes Dominic West. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Tanner, do choice. you do you like Dominic West? And what is your response?
2: <laughs> I mean, I like him. I, he's not a person that I'm deeply knowledgeable in. about, okay. but I dang, know the name and recognize him.
0: Would you have chosen?
2: <laughs> uh, I wouldn't because I think my choice is better. Oh, but.
0: okay. All right, okay. So
2: this one was another one that I was kind of struggling with in the sense that, like, you know, we need a guy who is very regal, very princely, but also needs to have these, like, dickish moments and also those comedic moments of mm-hmm. you know like where he finally meets Wesley and yes. tries to run away in the mm-hmm. in the room and like all that stuff so there's a guy that I want and then there's a guy that I think is the proper choice mm. so i gonna, I'm gonna, gonna it. give you I, love it. I I feel that's my thing is like I feel like I'm gonna blow it <laughs> and like I'm really <laughs> fucking anxious about it because I think I'm just going to go with a choice that I, I like. This is the guy that I want to do it. Okay. And I think it's just so good. He he has this way of playing these kind of easygoing dicks okay. throughout his career. Yeah. Oh, and he's no. very lovable and he's very kind of, he's very nice, but he does have these like asshole moments. And I think it'd be really good to have Thomas Hayden Church as our Prince Humperdinck.
0: <laughs> oh. Huh? It's Sandman himself. You're, you're Sandman himself. Him. That's man. what he's doing this year. Spider-Man? But it's Spider Man
2: three. Right. No right. one cares. Yeah, yeah. If you know him from sideways,
0: he <laughs> that I don't paycheck think he cares. Does.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I guess he does since he's back in the universe and he got another True. paycheck. Boy, eh, he
0: just did a voiceover. It's fine. They didn't even yeah. he didn't even show up on set.
2: Yeah, he did. He got he got his body back. He was there.
0: That was actually archive footage. Oh, actually. was it? it? Was yeah. Nick, you want to adjust your nerd glasses there for a second? Just, uh, it was uh, actually archived footage at the uh, CGI and inserted. But anyway.
4: I don't believe it, but that's... Wow, Tanner, that is such a Tanner choice. I love it. It is. It
2: really is. That's my thing. Is like It is a very me choice, but I like him. I think he fits this, like, you know, prince figure. You can see him with his, like, flowing hair. You can see him just, like, on the back of the horse being the, like, Oh yes, yeah, so I'm gonna do this thing, and like we're gonna go save the the princess. You know, mm-hmm. like he is just kind of classic. I don't know, prince guy. Mm-hmm. We're gonna break you. We're gonna um, break me if you're looking.
0: Yeah. Hmm. These are both really this good the... choices. Yeah, this is this oh is, good. You okay, you guys did both. no, okay. you you guys did really well here. Like I, Dominic nice. West is is pretty spot on, and Thomas Hayden Church is. They're both in that same like. Yeah, you you scratched the itch. You definitely both have done it really well oh, here. So now, but the real question now becomes, I think or one of the elements is which movie do I pull something out of? Do I destroy Spider-Man three to an extent or do I destroy 300 to an extent? Cause I feel like while both movies are flawed and 300 has become more flawed as, as time has moved forward, maybe one day when, sure. if we recast it, we'll have time to kind of jump into that. But they both play really good. Dominic West plays a great seething politician. Like you are rooting for his comeuppance. And Thomas Hayden yeah. Church plays in this role in as Sandman. He's more of a sympathetic character versus Venom's right. Venom's the more like like Dominic West type character where you're like I don't like, I'm not supposed to like you. Yeah. It the itch is Dominic West like it just it just mm. feels right. I just it's hard to say no to it, <sighs> and I'm not. And you know, it's funny because had you asked me this five years ago, ten years ago. I might have sat there and went, 300's too valuable, guys. We can't be fucking this up. But sure. now I'm sitting there going, eh, we could put somebody else there. That's yeah, fine. Somebody else it'll, there. it'll be okay. <laughs> you put Thomas Hayden Church there. You get some abs. Get double him up this year. Double. <laughs> yeah. No. Give him you
2: some know. extra cash.
4: I will say this. As soon as Tanner said Thomas Hayden Church, I was like, that's so dumb. And
0: then you start listening
4: to him say every line, and you're like, Man, "Yes, that's really yeah, good. That's <laughs> pro- like, yeah, that's the problem.
0: They're both like so good. Like that. That's a really... Yeah. that's. That's one of the best dual rounds you guys have given me, where it was really hard to sit there and go, oh, that, they both just nail it. What? Ugh, I hate this so much. Did anybody else think Tanner was going to say Vince Vaughn after he
4: said lovable asshole? <laughs> oh, my God. And I was like, where is Tanner going with this? <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I mean, I, 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 I'm woke for the whole day, you know? I, 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 I got a lot Oh, my on. God. All right, guys. This one, this one's hard. Uh-oh. So I'm interested to oh, see no. Corey.
4: Oh, fuck. I needed to go hey. second. <laughs>
0: You both seem like decent fellows, and I hate that one of you has to, to lose this round. But, yeah, Corey, you, you go first. Tell me, who is your physic I did that on
3: purpose. I don't have to miss. I believe you. So what happens now? We face each other as God intended. Sportsman life. No tricks. No weapons. Skill again, skill along. You mean... You'll put down your rock and I'll put down my sword and we'll try and kill each other like civilized people. I can kill you now. <sighs> Frankly,
0: I think the odds are slightly in your favor at hand fighting.
3: Some knife fault being the biggest and the strongest. I don't even exercise.
0: Played by Andre the Giant. Let me lead in a little bit with this so Corey has some time to mentally prepare himself. I know it's hard going first with this one. He's the giant of the group. He initially helps kidnap Buttercup but you learn over time that he's just a lovable guy. He doesn't really want. He's a gentle giant, just like uh, Andre the Giant is in real life. And he's kind of, I think it's a fair statement to say he's kind of the heart of the, one of the hearts of the movie. I would say that just he he his charisma shines through just as who he is, because that's basically what he's doing. But he's he's a lot of fun. The character is a lot of fun. There's even moments where they're trying to get through the crowd with Wesley. He's just like, everybody move. And it's it's just great. And so, mm-hmm. but yeah. I think he's one of the first cast members of this of this movie to pass away because they did an anniversary photo and they just were able to have like a portrait of him in the shot. Corey, who do you have for Fezick? This was by far the hardest one
4: mm-hmm. to the point I don't even have it nailed down. Oh, nice. Mainly because uh, I have to discuss rule number two. Okay. Um, we talk about prison and we talk about war. Um, do we talk about government office ever? You know, we don't um, I, I don't know if it's referring... a rule that if you're the governor of o-
0: california can you act
4: and be governor or did he just choose not to act
0: i think he chose not to act so he could focus on being governor which yeah, i think too busy i think i'm i'm just speaking from perspective here it's like if they ch- if they choose to go into a position and choose not to act are we are we following that decision or are we just saying nah we're time travelers we can do what we want and make it, and saying you're gonna be in our movie
4: okay well then let's just say just just for the sake of whatever Schwarzenegger is the obvious choice here but i'll give you i'm gonna give you a backup choice okay all right we just won't even mess with it i'll just i'll 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 forego Schwarzenegger i just have a fun full court shot okay that i'm gonna try and take here okay yeah i wrote michael jordan down but here's the problem michael jordan yeah he's an asshole like, he's just, he's just a dick. Like, everyone knows that Michael George is kind of a dick. He does not have, he could not be a lovable giant. True. He's six. Foot six he yeah. can play a giant. So I'm bringing his teammate, also an actor, Dennis Rodman, S. <laughs> Fezzik. Nice. Okay. I think he's even a little bit taller, can be lovable, has some charm, will just dye his hair back to black. You know, it didn't yeah. have to
0: be okay. leopard print, anything like yeah. that. Yeah, okay.
4: And I think Dennis Rodman could play a really fun Fezzik in 2007.
0: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Definitely not so, where I thought you were going.
4: Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I I felt On many I felt layers. Like I, <laughs> I felt like it didn't want to go pro wrestler. I didn't want to bring in Great collie I didn't want to bring in Paul mm-hmm. White. I didn't want. Yeah. To do, well, like, none of I, I none just, of those
0: guys have the charm that that Andre does. Like Andre was just so beloved, and it it, it was mostly yeah. into who he just was, you know.
4: So I started pilfering from the, this other love of basketball and just started mm-hmm. looking at basketball players who were acting at least around the time. Yeah. I mean, Michael mm-hmm. Jordan didn't do anything after Space Jam Relief, really, but Schrodman in the early yeah. 2000s took a yeah. shot at acting okay. with some action okay. movies mm-hmm. that are watchable. He's, he's got a charisma to him, so I think he could play a lovable giant that you that you like. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: OK. OK. Tanner, who do you have for physic? OK. I, take Tanner, I will pay you
4: $100 to throw this and like I get Dennis Rodman on a board on this. I will, I will okay. pay you to take a dive.
2: Here's what, here's what I'll say. If this I lose, not allowed. that's taking a dive. Okay. If, <laughs> if I I'll lose pay you $100 at any, to any say fast. Peter Dinklage right now. Oh my God. Um, no, I'm going to do a guy who may not be seven foot seven, you know, seven yeah, foot six. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to give you that. He's a tall guy. He's a burly guy. He's a comedian. And he's very lovable. Okay. I think he's going to have some really fun moments with the, oh, I could have hit you in the head, Mm -hmm. but I didn't. Mm -hmm. Whatever, whatever. Or the rhyming rhyming
0: scene and stuff like that. Yes.
2: And then, like, Corey was saying, like, everybody move, like, get out of the way. I brought you Terry Crews. Okay.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. He just uh, he just did he just did <laughs> Idiosyncrasy, or is that how you say idiocracy. it? Idiocracy.
2: Yeah, he just did it, Idiocracy mm-hmm. this year. He is... Well, for anyone else that doesn't know Terry Crews, he's like Nick said, Idiocracy. He's in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's in White Chicks. Mm-hmm. Classic. One of my favorite Terry Crews characters Yeah, in White Chicks. He's just the best part of that movie. But in 2007, Oh, my God. He's doing Norbit. He's doing Who's Your Caddy. He's doing Balls of Fury. He's doing How to Rob a Bank. Just off of Click. Just off of Idiocracy. Uh, and he's about to do Get Smart and Gamer coming up. And he is in the middle of doing Everybody Hates Chris. So he is yeah, like yeah, he's, Julius mm-hmm. at this point.
0: Okay, And yeah, you
2: like should, he's, it's, it's you not. You can reform- be
0: thankful that we didn't bring you Dwayne Johnson. I'm just 100%. I I merely wrote him down and struck a line through him because I was just like I we're not that's too yeah. easy and it was early Dwayne Johnson so it's within relative relative like argument you're like mm-hmm. yeah he yeah, he could play this role but we but know that he's going to be shoved down our throats for the next decade <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and and like Tom Hardy is five foot eight probably and he played Bane so yes movie magic mm-hmm. is a thing even if Terry Crews wasn't already a tall man to begin with we can make him taller if that's the case, right? And Rodman, Robin's like he's almost he's over 6'6", six, six, right? He's like six ten. Is he he's six like 6'8", something like that. Six, he's like, he's yeah, up there. So. He's on. There. He's gonna. He's, ta- on the... he's gonna tower over these actors just as so, easily.
2: Yeah. Terry Crews is 6'6", six, six, so he's not like that far off, right? Oh, Yeah, yeah. that's you, really it's not tall. like you
0: guys. It's not like you guys chose like these are they're five eleven, but gosh darn, we can right. make them big, right? Also, it should be noted that either way, we're putting a black guy
4: in Princess Bride, which Yeah. Zero. None. (laughs) Like absolutely none. All white people in Princess Bride. True. 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 We are correcting.
0: I I, I just have to ask. I have to ask the question. I was following your your logic to an extent and I sat there and when you said Dennis Rodman, I thought you were leading me up to Shaquille O'Neal.
4: I, you know, my thing with Shaquille O'Neal is, like, I think he's a bigger asshole than Dennis Rodman. Like, I don't think he has that charm. Like, I think everything about Fezzik is that you just want to hug him. You just, like, he's so lovable. And I think Andre Giant just kills it at that. Yeah. You know, and I, I, it's just, I hated Shaq. Like, I didn't like it.
0: Well, Shaq himself is, there is the asshole side of him, but there's also, like, the Projected like celebrity side yeah. of him, he's in the Burger yeah, King buys, commercials yeah. and all that stuff. God, you guys are really tempting me right here. Do it, have? Do it. I do have it. People in mind. Pull it out, Nick. For Ooh. the thing, God, uh, I was not prepared for how hard this is going to be. Dennis Rodman, Terry Crews. All right, he chose. So uh, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> or I have my override, which I don't want to pull right now. Oh, but you could. Dude, just trust us. We got the top three. Just pull it.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
0: We have stated. You have stated, Corey, that this you had (laughs) casted not for me in mind with just Tanner in mind. So that makes me leery, weary, whatever the word is. Sorry, I'm at a standstill. I don't. We broke him. I don't like either. That's they just don't fit in my opinion. But I don't want to pull my override because I'm worried (laughs) about what comes after this. I can tell you right now, I played Buttercup and Wesley pretty safe.
4: Yeah. Override, override, override.
0: Just to move this along, yeah, I'm going to override and put Shaquille O'Neal in here because I just think he has the <gasps> right ability. Bro.
4: That's I don't fair. hate it. Like it's, I it's, get it. I get it. I just really wanted Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> I do just want him to throw
2: <laughs> Papa John's pizzas, though. I right. Yeah, that he'll, he'll,
0: there'll be something. I think he's just, he's, he's, there's a lovable side to him. There is mm-hmm. an asshole side to him that we know of just from his basketball days, but there is this gentle giant quality to him that still kind of exudes through even into his later years like this. And this is the end of his NBA run, basically. This is post Shaq. Yeah. I did want to, you forced my hand. So we will see how things go. Nice. Jesse, please write it down. Let's move on. And now we will go into Ignio Montoya.
1: I was 11 years old. When I was strong enough, I dedicated my life to the study of fencing. So the next time we meet, I will not fail. I will go up to the six-fingered man and say, Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya.
0: You killed my father. Prepare to die. Montoya, who is the uh, the swords swashbuck, swashbuckler, the swordsman, he is part of the troop that captures Buttercup. becomes friends with Wesley. Him and Arfezik share a partnership throughout the film. They really they go really well together. And but his whole main story is about him getting revenge against the six fingered man Count Rugen and getting revenge. And so much to the point that he has perfected the line he's going to say to the man when he kills him. There's a little bit of humor, but there's a nice gentlemanliness to him. But there is also this very serious moment that goes on when that comes. Uh, who made it last before me? I think it was Corey. Corey yeah. Right? So, Corey, yeah. wow, booby, wow me. <laughs> All
4: right. I'm just going to get this uh, over
0: with. Did you say booby? <laughs> Hans, booby, wow me. Bubby. Bubby. Hans, I'm... bubby, wow me.
4: Don't call me a boob. I'm just going to get this over with again. I manufactured this to Tanner, who would have appreciated me casting a very young Count Rugen in a very old Igneo Montoya, but keeping all the dialogue the same because it's just absurdist and funny. Uh, So I casted older Uh and I casted a guy who I think would brilliantly play it. I just thought the age thing would be funny considering Uh the movies practically a Monty Python thing happening type of humor. Nick, you might get Google ready. Isai Morales is who I casted as Igno Montoya.
0: Can you spell it for our audience members? Definitely not me.
4: E S A I Morales. He was Bob in La Bamba. He's recently played, I think, Deathstroke and some DC stuff. He's in a ton. He was in uh, Ozarks and and a lot of stuff. He's been acting since he was like uh, opposite Sean Penn in Bad Boys back in the early '80s.
2: Yeah, he's, he does a lot of TV stuff, cop mm-hmm. stuff. He's like an NYPD blue. Jericho,
0: Burn Notice. Yeah, this yeah. is what he's going on with right now. Yeah, all
4: the stuff Tanner watches
0: religiously and loves. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Okay. I, I don't know him. I'm not familiar Good. with him. That, that's that's Good. fine. Good. That's
4: fine. I'm just throwing it out there. But... And I was explaining my thought process. Now, Tanner okay. can throw his guy out there that you're going to choose. That's fair. <laughs> it's fine.
0: Okay. Tanner. Who do you have for Ignacio Montoya? Okay. This one was also difficult just cuz
2: Inigo is so interesting cuz he's very lovable, very funny, but he has these like very comedic like slapstick drunk moments. Also is very serious. Yes. So he's just very specific. Mm-hmm. And it was difficult for me to find that perfect thing. I had a lot of people that I liked for it. But the guy that I eventually went with We know he does action. We know he does good drama. We know he has all of these really good moments. Mm -hmm. And I think, because even if you think of him with like a mustache, I think it really works. Okay, I'm bringing you Terrence Howard. Okay. If you don't know Terrence Howard, he's in a bunch of stuff. He was the original roadie in Iron Man. He was in Hustle and Flow for Brothers. He's in Empire. That's like very recent. That's one of his most recent things is Empire. He's been everywhere. And, like, he's done everything. He's done cop stuff. He's done comedies. He's done nice, heartwarming dramas. Mm -hmm. He's done action. And, like, even if you just look at that photo of him on IMDb with the mustache, Mm -hmm. I think he really works in a period piece. Hmm. I think he really fits. And I think it would be really interesting to see him do
0: all of that. That would be very fun. This year we would he would he's doing the Hunting Party, the Brave One, August Rush, and, Awake and the Perfect Holiday and Pride and Wifey a TV movie. He he's pretty busy this year.
2: Yeah, he's doing a lot of stuff this year. Yeah. But really but, August Rush is like the only
0: thing that you would really. Yeah. I have se- I have seen Awake, but it wasn't anything worthwhile.
4: Nick, I'm uh, just going to throw you something in the chat over here uh, since we're playing the Mustache
0: card. <laughs> I did see the La, Bum- La Bamba mustache. Yes, I did. Okay,
4: see there it. you go. That's. I just need you to see the Labamba mustache. That if that's. If that's how we're playing this.
0: So this is where I wanted to put my override, and I was just going to bring in a before he gets famous. He's currently just doing TV. Pedro Pascal, because it's sure. perfect. It's it's it just it's clean. It's nice. It's perfect. But he forced my hand, so I'm going to live with that regret the rest of my life. Um, yeah,
2: we told you we did good on Buttercup. You did. And you did. You we did not. Nothing with Montoya. No,
0: no promises yeah. with Montoya, which now is hurting a little bit. But um, and I'm just going to have to be. I'm gonna have to be honest. I don't know Isai Morales. I don't know what he's like as an actor. I don't know what his hobbies are. I don't. I don't know anything about him. I could so, tell you right now he would have gotten
4: too big for his britches in Iron Man and blown that role. <laughs>
0: tell you that. Man, but
4: maybe... Don't
0: you
2: just know he fucking hates himself for that? Oh,
4: I'm sure. Do we really sure. want to work with Terrence Howard who might just
0: all of a sudden start saying, I should be Wesley
4: halfway through filming?
0: Well, Corey, <laughs> I'm afraid that he's the only actor currently up that I know anything about. So we're going to have to say, you know what? Let's give him a shot. Maybe he has a good experience on set. It's life-changing. He doesn't ruin his chance on Iron Man and demand more money. And let's just put Terrence Howard in the spot and see how he does. Big fan. I, I'm not but saying he's not capable. I'm just saying that he wasn't who I had in mind. And I was ready to just immediately go, well, both of your picks are great, but I'm going to go with mine. But this is where we are. Life is full of disappointment, mm-hmm. Nick. So just go with it. Um, hey, Jared, I need Terrence, to be encouraged. Terrence Howard. Hey,
2: Corey, that was a good pick. <laughs> Thank you. I want you to know that was a <laughs> great you. pick. I was Terrence
0: really Howard. proud of me. I know. Nick, I know. Yes, it's fine, I know. All right, moving on to the top two here. Let's do Princess Buttercup. Let's cast Princess Buttercup. Let's yes. let's put it that way better. Thank you, Nick. Yes. Thank you. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> Jesse gives the nod and thumbs up of approval. Princess Buttercup.
3: You never sent the ships. Don't bother lying. Doesn't matter. Wesley will come for me anyway.
0: You're a silly girl.
3: Yes, I am a silly girl. For not having seen sooner that you were nothing but a coward with a heart full of fear. I would not say such things if I were you.
1: Why not? You can't hurt me. Wesley and I are joined by the bonds of love. And you
3: cannot track that, not with a thousand bloodhounds. And you cannot break it, not with a thousand swords. And when I say you are a coward, this is only because you are the slimiest weakling ever to crawl the earth.
0: As we have said, she is the fantasy style trope damsel in distress, but she is this <laughs> young, coming-of-age princess who started as a commoner, then became royalty and is betrothed by force to Prince Hupperdink. She's in love with Wesley since they were young together. And now she is basically just trying to hope out that her true love will come save her in the end um Robin Wright this was uh she had been doing a soap opera at this time and actually had to split time I think a little bit between the shows or at least she had to I sign an extension it. to do more of the soap opera after this movie because they filmed in England she was the last person auditioned because they found they finally found the right person which was like leading up to the start of the shoot so they were like we don't even have our princess yet but she nailed it Carrie Elvis was in love with her throughout most of the shoot when he first saw her and she has a grace to her a a sort of innocence as well, but she just pulls it off. You know, I think in other hands, Mm -hmm. the whole, "woe is me damsel in stress thing might've come off and been grown tired over time, but she, she nails it. So Tanner, who do you have for princess buttercup?
2: I've got the best choice in the world, boys. There's nothing beating this. Uh, you can't just, just walk away. Everybody. It's going to be cool. We got it. Don't worry about it. Okay. Okay. Royalty. In at least three quarters of this panel's heart. Okay. I'm not sure about Nick, but I know at least... That's the important one, but we'll see. Yeah, I know. I'm hoping, but I couldn't not choose her. Okay. I mean, she's royalty. She's comedic royalty, but also still a little under the radar. She's not recognized enough for her work, and I really want to give it to her because she's just incredible. Linda Cardellini.
0: Okay. Two questions.
2: Velma herself. Right. Yes. Yes. Lindsay Weir herself. That's Freaks and Geeks character. Freaks and Geeks. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm.
0: So um, she is, what is her age at this point? Just for perspective. 75, 85, 95. She's 32. 32. Okay. But she still looks very young at this point.
2: Yeah. I didn't think this character to me didn't need to be like 20, you know, mm-hmm. like I don't feel like that's,
4: Super important, mm-hmm. yeah. Other than we're in the middle ages and she's about to die because she's 32. No, people still live to like 80. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, dude, she's knocking on 40. It's over.
2: No, it's not. <laughs> she doesn't really look mid 30s, she still looks young. And I mean, she just came off of Velma a couple years ago, just came off of Brokeback Mountain this year. She is literally just doing a movie called or a TV series, I guess, called Human Giant. Okay, never really heard of it, but she did Grandma's Boy the year before, right? And the year after this, she's doing The Lazarus Project mm-hmm. and Comanche Moon.
4: Grandma's Boy, that's so underrated.
2: It's, What's it's that? a it's a good one. A grandma's yeah. Boy so underrated. Yeah. It is. It's so underrated. It's so good.
4: Okay, I'll, I I might be making this easy on Tanner. This is where actually I decided I was going to see if I could just burn some stuff. Hell yeah, a little bit. Uh, okay. Which Tanner. Would have had no problem with. <laughs> right. Nick, who's already like, because he's the only one on this podcast that beats himself up over what happens <laughs> on the podcast. Like You have n- yeah. no weeks idea. Weeks from now, he will be upset about this whole Fezzik thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's
4: coming. I, so I'd, I'm, I'm just going to make this easy because Nick's probably not going to want to destroy anything. But uh, I'm pulling her straight out of Live Free or Die Hard, which is, I don't think, that big of a deal. But Death Proof. But she's not one of the main, I think, three in uh-huh. Death Proof that you really need and that Death Proof really relies on. I'm bringing you Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Nice.
0: Okay. You wouldn't give me Michael Sarah. just solid. give me Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mm-hmm. She's mid-20s, so there's there's that. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, so live free or die hard, one of the latter diehards, if you will. Yes. And then, yes, in Death Proof, she's one of the girls that yes. fights the Kurt Russells. The cheerleader. She's yeah. the cheerleader. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So... The good news is, I like both your picks. Good, thank you. I Boy, that was a fantastic pick, thank you. The bad news is, Corey and I had the same pick, Tanner.
2: That's yes. not bad news. That's not bad news. Look, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is also just phenomenal, True. incredible yeah. royalty
0: in my heart. Yeah. And while and while I hate the idea of pulling her out of a big movie like Live Free or Die Hard or being in a Tarantino movie, as Corey points out, she's not one of the main girls in. And death proof, and mm-hmm. we die hard fans understand that these later ones just don't really live up to the same standard of the previous die hard movies. Yeah, but John McClane goes from being an everyman to this unstoppable, unkillable force. It's a modernization of the character, but it doesn't live in the same like beloved world as as the original one. Maybe the first three, yeah. or, or at least one and three. So. Yes, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, that's who I'm going to go with. I think she has all the qualities that we're looking for. She has that presence to her. I think she can play a strong-willed Mary Elizabeth or Princess Buttercup. Now we're just left to find out who is her Wesley. So buckle up, boys. Here we go. Wesley, known throughout some of this as Dread Pirate Roberts.
3: I wasn't finished.
0: The next thing you lose will be your left eye followed
3: by your right. And then my ears, I understand. Let's get on with it. Wrong! Your ears you keep, and I'll tell you why. So that every shriek of every child at seeing your hideousness will be yours to cherish.
4: Every babe that weeps at your approach, every woman who cries out, Dear God, what
3: is that thing, will echo in your perfect ears. That is what the pain means. It means I leave you in anguish. Wallowing
4: in freakish misery forever.
0: Played by Carrie Elvis. He is a farm boy at the beginning. Goes off to find his father or seek his father's fortune, I believe is what it's told. Gets shipwrecked, which we find out he's picked up by the Dread Pirate Roberts, trained to become his replacement. And then comes to save Buttercup. And throughout the entire adventure, he makes friends with Ineo and Fezzik and wins the day at the end. He's very much a Car- er- Errol Flynn type with a lot of great humor put in there. And I think this is, if not the Robin Hood role, this is probably one of Carrie Elvis's biggest roles to date. It's pro- probably the one people point to a lot. So, Sure. So with that being said, Corey, you made it. So who becomes our Wesley in 2007?
4: Just a quick note, having rewatched this movie, mm-hmm. I'm so mad that we didn't choose him for Willy Wonka. I'm just even more mad.
0: Mm-hmm. That was one of the tougher because i did have robin williams in mind but you made the strongest of arguments for kaylee elvis and i was just like what uh this is so hard
4: yeah so wesley i went pretty safe here okay i'm a little disappointed because i was my pick takes a dig at tanner um and i it would have been nice if he was the director as i take the shot at him but
0: it's okay fine. okay i can still take you shot picked at willie nelson okay i'll write it down no okay
4: I I'm wish. pulling him out of the dumb Bob Dylan biopic that came out this year. How fucking dare you? You take it back. You sit your ass down yeah. and shut your mouth and move on. Because if there's <laughs> any singer songwriter that doesn't need his own movie, it's Bob Dylan. Uh, I'm gonna, and I'm bringing you. walk to Oklahoma <laughs> and slap you across the goddamn face. <laughs> I'm bringing you Heath Ledger. Oh, wow. I think he just hits all the beats. It's real safe. It's just a modern day Carrie Elvis. He could hit the humor, but mainly he just needs to be pretty and and, and heroic and all that. Right. And I just think
0: this is works. this is the year before the Dark Knight and his. Yeah. His, and he's his coming off. Road back mountain. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is this would be one of his last three roles between Dark Knight. I'm not there and Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, which was not completed. Yeah. So but no, you're, you're so correct. I'm just saying
4: we just switch in. I'm not there. Because, like, the movie should be called Who's Watching? Uh, And just throw in the Princess Bride.
0: (laughs) So, uh, all shade at Tanner pulled aside. I think it's a strong choice. I think, yeah, for all the reasons that you're saying. I mean, it is a strong choice. It's a strong choice. So, Tanner, who do you have for our Wesley? For our Wesley. I'm bringing you an Oklahoman. Brad Pitt's too old, Tanner. I'm just going to stop you right here.
2: I understand that. Born in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Okay. He's an
0: Oklahoma boy.
2: He's always touted as like the pretty boy, but also has these like rough and tumble characters that he plays.
0: Are we talking about Brad Pitt? Are we talking
2: about Garth Brooks? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We are talking about Garth Brooks. (laughs) No, I'm not talking about Garth Brooks. Okay. Um, But I mean, literally in 2007, he is playing a prince. So I am taking him out Mm, of playing a prince hmm. and putting him. In another princely role, and I'm giving you James Marsden. Uh, you know James Marsden as Cyclops. He is huh. Prince Edward in Enchanted. Uh-huh. He's Corny Collins in oh, Hairspray. Wow. I didn't know like, he was Oklahoma. Wow,
4: yeah. I didn't either. Honestly, I was like, where is you going? <laughs> I was
2: like,
0: where are you? Who who are you talking about? I was like, are you talking about Pitt?
2: James Marsden. That's our guy this year. I mean, he is doing stuff this year, and I'm fine with burning it down. Unfortunately, it is some good mm. stuff. Hairspray mm-hmm. is good. I like the movie. Man. Yeah, Enchanted. It's fun. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not too upset about it. It is a fun. It's movie
0: strange that we. I didn't think of Enchanted in this year because it's also somewhat of a send up of fantasy movies, particularly yes. like Disney animation fantasy. Because his character in right. that is making fun of princes and stuff. Because he's right. thrown into this modern world, and he think he thinks a giant bus in New York is a dragon. They tries to slay. Corny Collins at Hairspray is more of a supporting cast, or a, a it's yeah. a, a what is the word I'm looking for tertiary role. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's an ensemble more, you know, to an yeah. extent. So it's not like this giant role for him, but he does great in both. And he's always been one of those actors that you could tell had more to offer, and for some reason was never yeah. he was never given that Taylor Hitch kind of push for yeah. some leading roles and stuff. You could almost argue he's like a poor man's Hugh Jackman to an extent. There's just more yeah, going he's on. He's got
2: there. a lot of that like second string leading mm-hmm. man. Yeah.
0: And throughout his career. right. And Scott Summers as in Cyclops and the X-Men movies, like he wasn't given a lot to do. That probably was his big right. break, but it was still like, you're kind of just Hugh Jackman's straight man here.
2: Right. Ugh. So that's our guy. I think yeah. like he plays that like, mm-hmm. you know, good looking farm boy. Yes. Who becomes this pirate swashbuckler. Mm-hmm. I think that all really works for him.
0: Yeah for sure for sure you guys started strong and you finished strong i'm not going to lie like both of these are excellent choices right here thank you these i say excellent in the sense of this is really hard why would you do this to me i hate you you're welcome i had heath ledger in mind as well i think the argument for me was that it's the year before we lose him after the dark knight and stuff and it would be nice to get Leading man Heath Ledger once more. Because we got it a night's yeah. tale, and he was so great in that. That's and it so was good. a and I was just like, I really just wanted one more round with Heath in this kind of fantasy night world, and it would have been great to have. James Marsden is a he is very much in the same breath as a Carrie Elvis. Like he checks all those same boxes for me as well. Yeah. Ooh. <sighs> Man, that's I had Heath Ledger, Tanner, but you're making you're you're making the wheels turn. You giving me a strong argument here. James Marsden is a good option here. Mm-hmm, I get it. Mm-hmm. As much as I hate to do it, I'm going to go with my gut and my initial <laughs> yeah. first pick. No. Of, of Heath Ledger. Look, I was only being nice because I thought you were going to pick me. I and I know. I know. You know what? what? I, I, I'm fucking. I, I misled you. <laughs> Life is pain, Tanner. We we've learned this. I know. Both really good. I Wait, just part I just of me lose? really, you know, you you no, you, you got it. Won. Yeah, you got it. Oh,
4: okay. I was like, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I that's it, he was who I, who I also had in mind to an extent, and I just wanted to see leading man Heath Ledger one more time. I think he'd have a lot of. It's different than uh, his Knight's Tale role, which is a little more serious, and this one he gets to have a little more fun, like he does in the roles we see after those those initial ten things I hate about you and stuff, where he gets to play kind of mischievous or character actor type roles and stuff yeah 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 now,
4: when we got up top and i reread that i had heath ledger there i imagined myself doing the sean michaels i love you super kick to tanner because he wasn't gonna win this <laughs> yeah you know, it's like it's like <laughs> listen i'm pitching I, heath yeah. ledger to nick growall this is <laughs> this is in the bag it's a deal <laughs> so, yeah
0: <laughs> well That means I will say you again, this might be one that I regret in like two weeks, and I'll go, you know what, James Marsden might have been the right one, but for now, it's it's Heath Ledger, yeah, yeah, no, so I get it. Well, Nick, do you
4: have that final cast list for the Princess Bride as if it were made in 2007?
0: I do, thanks to our producer Jesse, and so I will run this down as quickly as possible, but not, not too quickly that you can't hear me. So, from the bottom to the top. The Impressive Clergyman will be played by Jerry Seinfeld. Hilarious. The Ancient Booer will be Glenn Close. Fun. The Albino will be played by Rain Wilson. I think that's going to be great. Valerie uh, will be Megan Malala. Mal- 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 how do you say it? Malali. Malali. And Miracle Max will be Mel Brooks. You don't even have to age him. He's great. Yeah. The grandson will be Troy Gentile. And Gentili. The- Gentili. Thank you. And the grandfather will be played by Robin Williams in a very, like, Dead Poet Society vibe, I'm getting. I think you can make him a dick. I think you mean unfunny, serious, dramatic vibe that no. doesn't belong in this movie. That's what you mean. Vizini will be played by John Lovitz. Count Rugen yeah. will be Elijah Wood. Prince Humperdinck, Dominic West. Fezzik will be Shaquille O'Neal. Igneo Montoya will be a Terrence Howard trying to clear his name before he even ruins his name. Coming off of Hustle and Flood, we'll save that. Princess Buttercup will be the great Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Wesley will be played by Heath Ledger That's it, that's what we got Princess Bride 2007
4: It's weird, I got so many of these in and I'm still disappointed now how this episode turned out What? That's the <laughs> thing You can get 90% of these and you'll still be fucking furious <laughs> Nick beats himself up I'm mad if I don't have a perfect game and Tanner's just here to have a good time, everybody. Yeah, Tanner's just—you can hit a certain button, and he will be mad for weeks. So, guys, that was the Princess Bride in 2007. We hope you uh, enjoyed that. Again, uh, you can hit us up on the social media machines. Uh, you can support us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com dot com slash QuantumRecast. And you can tune in next episode. Where what we what are we doing? Who's up? It's Tanner. It's me. Oh, great. <laughs> I wasted my good one on Nick, so I'm not yeah, going to even have this kind of greatness for you next, next episode. Okay. I've been
2: stuck between two, and I really like the idea of this one. Okay. I think this is going to be funny. It's like a classic, but I think it's also more of like a cult comedy as oh, well. Okay.
0: okay. okay.
2: We're going to take Miss Congeniality out of the year 2000. It's going to be great, guys. Female-led comedy, Sandra Bullock. It's a great film. Everybody calm down. And we are going to move it to... (laughs) I'm sorry. Everyone literally rolled their eyes or just put their head in their hands. Every single one of you.
0: (laughs) that's not true. (laughs) Where are we taking it? (laughs) I would
2: love to see what this does. Bringing it to 2021... Just because I want to see like a, I mean like a new, new, new miscongeniality. Like I think if we do that in the '80s or the '70s, I don't really think it fits there. I just don't imagine it there. But I think if we do a 2021 Mm miscongeniality, I think that's
0: super fun.
2: Like update it and throw it in.
0: No, I think I like that idea because I think (sighs) I think this is an era where comedies. In particular, have kind of taken a dive to an extent, and we don't get these yeah. type of movies anymore. Yeah. So yeah, I I think that's intriguing.
4: It's here's the thing. I've just never seen it, so it means I have to watch it. And the Sick. reason I it's never Sandra watched Bullock. It, I like Sandra Bullock. Sandy I can not I can't I can't stress this enough. I've never wanted to watch this movie. And so now yeah, I just I have it. A, a chore. <laughs> You're legitimately, you're going to love this film. Hey, we'll see. I'll tell you if it makes me want to go to two. If it makes me want to go on to Miss Congeniality 2. All right, everybody. Tune in next week for uh, my honest opinions on (laughs) Miss Congeniality after a first-time watch as we take it to 2021 for a very modern take. So we hope you enjoyed Princess Bride 2007. See you next time. Say goodbye, Nick.
0: Goodbye, Nick.